0: He said he held off on sanctions against China over detention camps that China has built to detain thousands of minority Muslims because he wanted to make sure the trade deal went forward. He said that tariffs were worse than any sanction. What is your reaction to that?
1: The president doesn't give very much credence to human rights concerns. After all, this is the same president who uh, r- literally ripped babies out of the arms of their parents at the border. So he's not particularly interested in those uh, uh, aspects. Uh, he is so much more interested in the financial, uh, his financial goals. And it's as though uh, the, the the humanitarian concerns are of very little a priority for him and again that's reflected in what he said about the, what China is doing to the minority Muslims and of course the president came out with a Muslim ban practically on day one of this presidency
3: and welcome back to flyover politic podcast it is the 23rd of June year of our Lord 2020 that was Maisie Hirano I just had to play it somewhere so I put it in the intro because that pretty much sums up how stupid everything is it is beyond just stupid ripping babies
4: who the fuck
3: who the fuck voted that lady in and if we want to talk about ripping babies you guys kill six you you kill at least a million babies a year with planned parenthood 670 chemical 340 mechanical so who are you to talk about baby but You saw nobody push back. They want it for ratings, or they agree. That's your two choices. You either want it for ratings, or you agree with the sediment of some outlandish shit. I want to start today by saying so so. I'm so sorry for the last show. I don't know what happened. I don't know what the the timing thing was. I'm assuming it was such a large podcast. And I thought about splitting it, and I didn't. That the file somehow in conversion from wave to MP3 something was off, and so I would start normal voice, and then it would start slowing down, and then it would be normal. So, not to tell you how to make the sausage. Um, you know, I use Audacity. I have other programs, but I just don't like them, and I record, and instead of one long file, you have these little files with the sound bites, and then those become a larger file, and in about an hour of show, to an hour and ten minutes, I convert that to an MP3, and at the very end, I'll usually have three large MP3s, and they become a wave, and then they're converted to an MP3. It's a lot of process, because there is no perfect program Um, my sister did get me this incredible microphone that I've been using for the last, what, three years, and it came with software, and she got me a preamp, but the problem is it's a USB amp, and with the CLR amp, you know, I'd have to get a whole new uh, CLR mic is what you need to use that amp, and then I could have a soundboard of a laptop or whatever and never stop recording, but there's the rub, you know, basically Audacity's made for smaller files. Uh, once you get about three hours, it doesn't accept it, so you can try to put it together. It was all wave files. It wouldn't finish the end. It just stops at a certain size file. So I have to make an MP3 to make it a wave to make it an MP3. So there's a lot of conversion, and every once in a while, just something's off, and so... It, it was off. Um, today's show, we're going to go into a new section today. Let's get woke. Because I, I usually do news and social media nuggets, but we've taken everything that was the news and social media nuggets. All the crazy is now our life. It's out on the street. So I figure, well, I need a new soundbite. We're going to do the Trump rally. We're going to go through some more craziness with our media we have a couple of great sound bites from Tucker Carlson. Um, I decided to start taping it and watching it. And, and a monologue from Friday and a monologue from last night that were exceptional. Just exceptional. Because he really sums it up. But I want to start on the First Amendment the 45 words that govern. What the media says is their charge, and how we're excusing whatever this is, because it's no longer about black lives, as we'll see with the crime statistics, just over the last two weeks, um, whatever this is that the Chris Cuomos of the world say, well, who said it had to be peaceful? Well, I meant to read it that podcast, and I didn't, so let's let's really read what the Founding Father said. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievance. Now, let's break down their intent. The first and most foremost thing they put in there was religion. These were religious persecuted people who came to America because they couldn't practice a religion in England. So religion was the purpose of the First Amendment. And then because they were persecuted, they wanted free speech, to be to be able to say, hey, no, I I don't agree, and not be thrown in a dungeon, so to speak. The press has taken or of the press, and in somehow in their narcissistic, crazy ass minds, they have assumed that means that they can do whatever the fuck they are, and then the most important thing we have, which we've learned over the last almost four years, they definitely are not. They're a political party in themselves that pushes agendas that we the people really don't want. And then, of course, the right of the people to peaceably assemble to petition the government for a redress of grievance. This is not a grievance. None of this has been a grievance. Most of these come from, we don't want Trump, the duly elected electoral college winning president. And they don't like it. So when you as a conservative go out and petition the government for a redress of grievance, you're a white supremacist and they ignore yours. But more importantly, the initial premise within this was George Floyd. Then it turned to BLM, which, once again, we'll draw up a couple files today, and it's, it's a Soros organization. Nobody knows what they want. We know what Antifa wants, which is a total anarchy, borderless shit show, But nobody knows what these groups want. And if a redress of grievance to our country is that we don't have the country we have, we have a country they want, technically that's really not what the founders were shooting for when they wrote the First Amendment. But that's the rub. You know, part of the problem with our Constitution, our Bill of Rights... People have taken it and bastardized it to mean whatever they want. And that's the left. The key thing on the First Amendment was religion. And they're calling for it. I knew they would. It was just a matter of time before somebody on the left said, you know, what about Christians? Because remember, that's what it's all about. It is about ideology. It is about persecuting people we don't like. It has nothing to do with black lives anymore. It stopped being about black lives <clears throat> once they got what they wanted. And what did they want? An officer to have a higher charge and the other three officers to be arrested. And they did that. That's already been accomplished. So the rest of this, I, once again, don't know where we're going with it. But let's look at just facts. Facts. Surprise! Free Beacon finds CNN and MSNBC ignored Juneteenth until 2020. David Roots of the Washington Beacon beat us to proving a point that should be obvious. The liberal media barely mentioned Juneteenth before Trump's... June 19th rally in Tulsa. study of CNN and MSNBC, reruns excluded, found 365 mentions of the term on MSDNC and 243 on CNN from June 1st to 19th. Roots said exploded nearly 12,000% in 2020 compared to previous years. There were 47 mentions combined over the previous 8 Junes, and 37 of the 47 came in 2018 and 2019. Where was... Obama on this. I guess it wasn't that important. On Friday, both Obamas glommed on in their social media postings, which the networks are now celebrating. News judgment on this word was all about owning Trump and signaling their passion, feeling, and George Floyd moment. Host on CNN and MSDNC condemned Trump for his ignorance about the date and his subsequent claim he made it famous. CNN Brianna Keller asked fellow anchor Don Lemon Thursday of Trump's lack of knowledge as an example of systemic racism. Which is comical. On June 1st through June 30th of 2012 through 2019, the term Juneteenth or Juneteenth separated only appeared 30 times. 17 from 2018 to 2019. Which is what we usually would think this is what they do. Far left becomes news. Goes in the fucking press room. And since Trump's got elected, look at all the things we've looked up. We've found all sorts of crap. And they won't let go of things. With NPR. This is disgusting. Now, as a person, when I saw this story, I, I was just shocked. But then I realized this is what we've been doing since Trump got elected. We float pictures from 2012 of kids in cages. We sh- float pictures of protest under uh, Obama at the border that the Border Patrol used smoke grenades and things like that. that they, they redo it. Then we catch them actually filming it as if it's now and staging for ones that were now. We've rewritten all sorts of things that Trump put kids in cages when it was never true. And we've concocted an entire Trump-Russia conundrum that was all proven to be false, that was carried by our media as smoking guns and actual facts. And then we did a laughable partisan impeachment based on things Trump did or didn't do, but Obama did it on open mic, and nobody had a problem with it during his time. During the process of these riots, what the media won't show you, and I challenge, you know, I really urge you to go to Matt Walsh on Twitter, he's done a thread on it, and it's extensive, of the violence black people are doing to white people just because they're white. And a lot of times that involves cars. Anybody who's been alive longer than, uh, you know, these millennial dumbasses remembers Reginald Denny, a guy who got bricked almost to death on a street corner because he was white and he drove into the wrong area. I myself had to put a gun on my dashboard to get people to back the fuck off in Memphis during a similar Black Lives Matter rally. Could have gotten charged for brandishing a weapon, but I didn't know what else to do because they were trying to pull me out of my car. And then I backed the fuck up and got out of there and found a different route. So instead of approaching it from a journalistic standpoint and then labeling the people that actually do ram crowds as extremists, no, they, they just went all in. Shot. This is them, not me doing my shot chaser. NPR has an article up on an epidemic of alleged right-wing extremists using their vehicles to ram protesters. Right-wing extremists are turning cars into weapons with reports of 50 vehicle ramming incidents since protests erupted nationwide in late May. Chaser. The photo's from Louisville. So, from the Colonel Courier Journal, a local journalist, which is the most amazing thing, other than Nashville WSMV, local journalists have been journalists. They're reporting things, they're not mouthpieces for the DNC. A woman was attacked as one of the protesters aimed a gun at her. According to a police incident report around 8.30 p.m. Wednesday, a group of protesters blocked the intersection of Liberty and 6th Street and would not let the driver operating a Buick LeSabre pass. The driver's name was rejected, and the report told police that protesters around the car, a verbal alteration occurred, after which the protesters began to reach in the car, scratching her vehicle window and assaulting her, pulling her hair, pulling out a dreadlock. She got minor injuries. Tim Young, here's a fuller video of what you're calling a right-wing extremist attack. A driver is harassed by a group of people trying to get away and then attacked by a larger group and uses their vehicle to defend themselves and get away. The story is left as bullshit. Lori Ann, wait, just thought of something. How do you know if the person in the car is right-wing? Maybe they saw what happened to Reginald Denny and they didn't want to be next. As for the NPR story, the reporting doesn't back up their tweet, right-wing extremists are turning cars into weapons, which report of at least 50 vehicle ramming incidents since protests against police violence eruption in May. At least 18 are characterized as deliberate attacks, Another two dozens are under... Un- unclear as to the motivation are still under investigation according to an account released Friday by Ariel Willow, terrorism researcher at the University of Chicago Project on Security and Threats. Will has tracked vehicle ramming attacks or VRAs as protests began. The 20 people facing prosecution in the ramming include a state leader of the Virginia Ku Klux Klan as well as a California man, California man who was charged with attempted murder after antagonizing protesters and then driving into them, striking a teenage girl. Video footage of some attacks show drivers yelling at or threatening BLM before hitting the gas. I'm not going to read the story. I'll just do the editor's note. A previous version of the story included a photo of a protester being struck by a car in Louisville, Kentucky. The photo chosen by the editor does not appear to be an example of the assaults described in the story and has been replaced. Please have not charged the driver, but have charged two of the protesters. And they show the picture. Everybody's black except for the journalist. Stephen L. Miller. Our editors chose a photo that disproves our entire thesis and could get us sued for libel and defund. Our apologies. NPR falsely accuses a crime victim of terrorism, and this is a close to correction as the only issue. He did them side by side. The driver needs to call a lawyer. They went with the picture. And then a, pro, a, a local picture. Protesters arrested following altercation with driver in downtown Louisville. Ian McKelvey. The story went from bad to worse. First local news. WLK said police were interested in interviewing a driver who struck a protester. WLKY purposely omitted the part of the video showing protesters attacking the driver. Wow. Wonder why they weren't showing the whole vendor video. Under pressure, they released the full video. Next, NPR comes along and declares the protester who was struck by a car was a victim of far left terrorist attack. Caught in their lie, NPR had to correct the story. Tax funded NPR. This just gets better and better. He continues. Now NPR is accusing all motorists who are confronted by violent street urchins a.k.a. peaceful protesters, of being right-wing terrorists. Apparently, if attackers are attempting to pull you from your car, you must allow it to happen. You can't flee. Their actual article is titled, Terrorism Researchers Link the Spike in Vehicle Ramming Attacks with the Far Right, which we already proved, just like gay massacre, is not true. None of it's true. I guess NPR hopes no one remembers the name Reginald Denny. Just to provide some reference material, here's the original headline from WLKY. Police looking for a driver who struck protesters. But people saw it. So under intense scrutiny, he continues, WLKY added a qualifier to the story. WLKY is aware of a video that shows the moments leading up to one provided by LMPD. We have requested permission to use the video, but a request is denied. One last thing, the driver of the vehicle, yeah, you, Matt in Oregon, you're right, she was black. I mean, they said they pulled out a dreadlock. How many white people have dreadlocks? She wasn't some bloodthirsty white nationalist and NPR could have had us believe, Mind you, the driver's skin color is irrelevant to me. Another lo- local news story in Louisville. Keep in mind that this headline went nationwide. Louisville protests, police look for driver who plowed into protesters. Plowed. He continues. It's also interesting. Almost no news outlet reported that one of the protesters stuck a gun in the driver's face. It's an inconvenient truth, and they arrested him, Darius Anderson Black. And only 21 years old is the person who struck a large caliber pistol in the driver's face you know, the major part of the story the media chose to leave out they always leave out the bad Jim Henson a great guy, Food Network I hope Barron spends today with whoever his dad is I know it doesn't seem like it goes together. It's apples and oranges. But you never hear those things. You never hear any of it. And to start my show off with somebody else, which is not usually the best way you want to do it, Tucker Carlson nails it. Who the fuck are we supposed to turn to to fix this when
5: the Republican Party has bowed to BLM? ...story. We'll bring him to you in just a moment. But first, tonight, good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson Tonight. You can be forgiven if the events of the last month caught you by surprise. You didn't expect them. You've become used to dismissing the American left out of hand as a joke, because they are. Since the day Donald Trump was inaugurated, the Democratic Party has been helplessly disorganized and totally ineffective as a political party. They wasted years chasing invisible Russian agents and then making weird and unintelligible sounds about something called Ukraine. It's still not clear what they meant by that. Their entire political strategy was bizarre. And in the end, it was counterproductive. It hurt them with voters. They went down in the polls. Only buffoons do that in politics. These people couldn't organize your kid's birthday party. They didn't make their beds this morning. And yet suddenly, out of nowhere, they roared back and took over the country. They did it in less time than it takes most people to go on spring vacation. What happened? How'd they do that? Well, it's simple. Nobody stopped them. There was no opposition to their power grab. The other side surrendered on day one without a fight. The rest of us watched all of this with our jaws hanging open in shock was the opposite of what we expected. Millions of people regularly vote for the Republican Party precisely because they would like someone to protect this country from the crazed ideologues who seek to destroy it. There are many of them. We're watching them on television now. There's not really another reason to vote Republican unless you happen to be one of those rare people who wants more pointless foreign wars and enjoys sucking up to banks. Most people don't. You vote for Republicans to protect you from this. But when the moment of crisis came... Republicans ran away. Major American cities were looted and burned on television. Citizens were beaten and murdered. Works of public art were destroyed by the score. America's history, those shared experiences that bind us together as a nation, was plundered and completely rewritten by illiterate vandals. Everywhere as they watched, Americans were afraid. Afraid not simply for their safety, but afraid for their jobs, their reputations, afraid for their families. Many Americans were fired abruptly in the middle of a severe recession, doomed to ruin, for nothing. For saying the wrong thing, looking the wrong way, liking the wrong tweet. That happened. It's happening now. Some of the accused were so terrified they denounced their own families. Wife, brother, daughter. In the end, they were destroyed anyway, because that's what happens in purges. You're destroyed anyway. Most Americans assumed they would never live to see a moment like this. they have. It's still going on. And the question that hangs in the air is, where are our protectors? At the height of the riots, the president of the Heritage Foundation, that's the nation's single largest conservative think tank, it has consumed billions of donor dollars. The president of Heritage wrote an op-ed accusing America of being irredeemably racist. Her name is Kay Cole James. You probably have sent her money. As America burned, K. Cole James, president of the Heritage Foundation, piled on. And she wasn't alone in that. So many on the right did exactly the same thing. Meanwhile, they did nothing. They didn't lift a finger to help the people they had promised, they had pledged to protect, their voters and their donors. Instead, they did everything possible to accommodate the demands of the people tormenting them, the rioters, and the people who backed the rioters. Congressional Republicans decided to make reigning in law enforcement their top legislative priority. They blamed the cops. They didn't blame the rioters. They blamed the cops. Then Republicans bragged about springing more criminals from jail. The last thing we needed. In the state of Iowa, the Republican governor announced that she was giving felons the vote by executive order, not even waiting for the election, just doing it, signing it. Meanwhile, almost everywhere, ordinary Americans came under attack for the color of their skin. Acts of actual racism, where people were being hurt for their race, something they can't control, something they were born with. And yet no Republicans rose to defend them. Republicans refused even to defend the principle of equality under the law, the foundation of this country, the most important thing we have. Not defended. Really, in the end, the only people who gained anything in the revolution were the ones waging it. Our leaders, very much including our Republican leaders, shamefully, were focused on meeting their demands. So what should we conclude from what we just saw? The message, unfortunately, could not be clearer. Voting is for fools. You vote, you put these people into office with your votes, and in return they patronize you. And when it matters, they abandon you. They have contempt for you. You know they do. You can smell it. It's obvious. Voting doesn't work. But when you riot and you burn things and you hurt people, you get a very different response. When you do those things, our leaders snap to attention. They tiptoe around your feelings as Republicans are. They give you what you want as Republicans are. Rioting works. That's the message they're sending. Think about that. It's the most dangerous possible. You know, it's what
3: we do now. We non-affiliated people, we turn to a party to help us, and nobody's doing it. I mean, a story I'm not covering is this Bubba Wallace stuff with the noose. Nobody knows if anybody actually put it in there. It wasn't a gag. It wasn't a black person. Nobody knows anything about it. There was another one made out of twine in another racetrack. And when I came down to start, you know, putting my files on this computer, ESPN was talking about it as if it's a deal. And it goes back to why NPR did the headline. It's out there. It's just a fact now. The left will run with it. People are ramming people. But almost every part of this, from George Floyd to the Wendy the Wendy's attack down in Atlanta, they never show the whole video because it doesn't fit the narrative. And I don't know if it's because they want the narrative to be America's a irredeemably racist country and cops are fucking part of the kkk if it's they want trump to lose if they're doing it because they're scared of the mob i mean i hate to go back to it but this amazon thing that was on purpose amazon was doing nothing for blm they burn a warehouse down man it's still on my screen the first category you're a racist movies But I, I pedaled back to college to see where we're at. You have a California statewide student group issues ANFA style protest guidelines. And it's the same old stuff. Bow down. ASU student gov sends out list of ways to help BLM movement. And it's your money, your resources, listen to black people, don't have opinion. UVA changes logo over slavery tie. UGA marching band will no longer play Gone with the Wind, because God help us, that's racist as fuck. UF to end Gator bank chant, because it has something to do with American Indians. Berkeley agrees to relocate police department, use more social workers, because they don't want their shit burned down. Seattle area college students still go to class, but are encouraged to join BLM protest. It's official letter. Then we have Military Times. Much better names for bases. Georgia. Um, They say it was named, uh, I don't want to read this shit anymore. Could be renamed to wide receiver Calvin Johnson. Could be named William C. Lee. Fort Lee. Fort Lee. So what do we with Fort Lee now that Fort William C. Lee is in Georgia? The current Fort Lee was named for Robert E. Lee. Uh, a woman, woman army corps first director. Ovetta cup hobby. Fort Bragg. They say to change it to Fort Coffin. Fort Hood. Um, Kingston. Oh no, I'm sorry. How about most decorated who ever lived in World War II Medal of Honor, Audie Murphy, Fort Polk, Aldrin Sidney Badger, Fort Gordon, Alvin York, Fort Pickett, uh, General Douglas uh, MacArthur, A.P. Hill, Then use the other one to rename Fort A.P. Hill from the other section. Fort Rucker, Camp Beauregard. I mean, they're serious about this. And as Tucker did, and I edited it down, and you'll hear in the second soundbite, man, they were trying to pull down, they, they removed fucking Teddy Roosevelt. They were trying to tear down another statue last night right across from the White House. They've been pulling statues down that have nothing to do with the Civil War. It's like the Taliban. They're just tearing shit. And there's no conservatives. Nobody's stopping it. Nobody's dared saying anything. For some unnatural reason, the right is just let it go. Who cares? And then over the weekend, we had the rally. And in this soundbite will be paired with the violence that was in it. You'll hear a break and then the violence. And none of the violence, none of the National Guard scraps, none of blocking the entrances, all the media ran with was, you know, enough people. And they, they thought it was great. But then we find out the left hijacked it. Like, it looked like
5: he felt defeated as he was walking out of marine One
6: my understanding is that he did feel defeated. He was muted on the way back uh, from the rally, uh, not sort of his more upbeat self as normal. He had gotten himself into a bit of a better state of mind by the end of the rally and the end of his performance, but there was no masking what had taken place and there was no masking the fact that the coverage was bad. Um, and he's very, as I said, he's very attuned to that. Look, I don't think this pretends great things for rallies for him going forward. I do think it is a reminder that a lot of folks in the White House have been living in a bubble in which they've been telling us that the coronavirus fears are just the media driving this. Um, what you saw in that lack of attendance is at least in part because people are afraid of getting it. And just because the president tells them, you know, masks are politically correct or a statement against him, a lot of people are clearly not uh, not buying that.
0: Maggie, I'm also fascinated, you know, as John pointed out, he really does look defeated in that video. The fact that we're seeing him with his tie undone, that crumpled MAGA hat in his hand. I mean, if you look at the president's face there, this is a man who has always had a very, you know, sort of calculated public image. From when he was involved in business and real estate to now as president, he wants to put forth this image in his mind of power and of strength. The fact that he let himself be captured on camera like that... Is, is fascinating to me.
6: It tells you that he wasn't able to, to basically put a happy face on something that, for him, was just an enormous disappointment. Look, he had been as, as giddy as a kid in the days leading up to this rally. He was really excited about it. AIDS conceded that this was being done in part to try to lift his spirits, um, which were not in a good place in the last couple of weeks. And so for him to show up and find that all of these promises of all these people who are going to show up and adore you and cheer for you, that they weren't there, for him that was Right now, you can even see signs that
0: give homage to Black Wall Street. That's what it was back in the day. More than 30 blocks of black businesses, hotels, grocery stores, movie theaters. And this is where they've come to celebrate today. But many of the business owners we talked to said they feel like the president's visit is essentially a slap in the face. They wish that he would focus more on keeping these residents healthy, keeping their economy vibrant, and making sure that everyone knows that their lives are important. Andrea? And Kristen Welker, let's talk about what President Trump is doing, because he's brushing off any concerns about that rally, about the safety of the rally, and as well, as we were just pointing out, seems to be threatening protesters, peaceful protesters. As, As he pushes forward with this rally... A lot of people are pointing to the fact that not only is it going to be likely something that puts maybe people's health at risk when you look at Oklahoma and all that's going on there, but it's also that there are going to be black and brown workers that are going to have to go and work that arena. And President Trump, as he continues to try to say that he wants to be an ally to peaceful protesters, he continues to do stuff like say that black people are loved by the Make America Great crowd, really in some ways making it feel as though African-Americans are outside of the movement that he sees as critical to his reelection.
7: President Trump is the optics president. He cares deeply about the visuals and the images that he then creates and aired all over television. He was probably watching the coverage on Air Force One as he landed in Tulsa, and he saw the crowds were not up to snuff. You know, this is going to be embarrassing for the president because he cares about crowd sizes. Past presidents did not care to this degree, but he does. And look at the way he criticized Joe Biden recently. He actually called out Biden for not having a big crowd. He tweeted just the other day, this is Joe Biden's rally, he says. There's zero enthusiasm. Now, in this tweet, you see a couple of people sitting nearby. This was not a rally. Biden's not holding rallies because it's dangerous. Biden held a speech, uh, invitation only, only let a few people into the room. But Trump lied about the crowd and said it was a small crowd and said Biden had zero enthusiasm. This just goes to show how much the president cares about crowd size, cares about these issues, and has cared all the way back to the first day of his presidency. So I think, given the pictures that we are showing, given the, the the undeniable images we're seeing from the rally, this is going to be troubling for the president. He will either choose to to make something up and say the crowd was bigger than it was. He'll blame the protesters. He'll blame the media. In fact, Wolf, the Trump campaign's already blaming the media, saying that reporters frightened uh, attendees and scared them away from the rally site. But they've spent three years saying the media is fake and saying you can't trust
8: the media. So that explanation doesn't really add up to me, Wolf. All right. uh, Good work, Rob. Brian Spelter with that analysis. Thank you.
9: No, and the question here is not really about the economy. Of course, people want to get back outside. But, you know, protests are outdoor events and they're not organized by something like a major political party or the president of the United States. Grocery shopping clearly has to happen. People have to take care of their basic needs. A political rally is a voluntary thing. So from the outside looking in, it might appear to be putting politics over public safety. Can you respond to that directly? Senator, it's interesting that the Trump administration or the Trump campaign has had people sign liability waivers. So if they do get sick at this event, they won't hold the campaign liable. That's an acknowledgment of something. But but forget legally. Let's talk morally. This is your state. These are your constituents. Have you thought about how you will feel if somebody gets sick or, God forbid, dies?
8: Today, the president is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at a political campaign rally that public health officials asked him to cancel and suggested potentially could lead to the spread of the virus, which has already killed nearly 120,000 Americans in just three months. But in a surprising development, uh, turnout for the event has been smaller than expected. The campaign is blaming protesters. The campaign is blaming the news media for the crowd size. Uh, Clearly not a full house.
7: The Trump campaign was hoping that they were going to be able to demonstrate an enormous amount of enthusiasm behind this campaign and also make the point that the country and the economy were ready to reopen, and at least by their own standards, they felt well short of those goals. All
8: right, they certainly did uh, stand by.
0: If you look at those pictures, this is a very big crowd. But if you are Donald Trump and crowd size is the end-all, be-all for you, and you make a promise and it doesn't materialize, he is got to be seething
8: right now. Yeah, he's not very happy uh, for sure. Uh, Sanjay is very sensitive. I'll be any suggestion uh, that he's not in perfect health uh, right now. We didn't have that video of him raising his uh, the glass and uh, then bringing up. Uh, oh, there you can see it right there in the right part of the screen uh, when he was uh, drinking that, uh, that water. Uh, it's a very, very sensitive issue for
2: Right. Not right. Yeah, you better listen to him. You better listen to him. You better, listen to him. you better fucking listen to him. You better. That's what they do. Who is they? Black people. You. No, bitch. Fuck you. You just make this into race. In race. In race. race. You just made this into race. You just made it into race. You know, you, make you make I mean, fuck. Why are you screaming make me make me you me make me make me make me your me make me make me make me make me make you. make me make me make me make me I me make me make me I Sorry, and you can go. No, I don't got to listen to what telling the fuck her you to the got wall? to say. I told her to walk. I, I was on And it's over. I was on your I was side. I on your and side. side. And I shut fuck, the fuck You shut the fuck up. You oh, what? 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 What you going to touch me? are <laughs> you going to touch me? If you touch Man, me I gonna lay your old ass, ass out. out. I will lay your own ass out. Take
0: your shot, baby.
2: Take your shot. Please. Please. She's threatening me. No, 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 no. You weren't here. I've been here a whole time. You know you weren't. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. I was on her side. I was telling them to get out of the face. And she comes over my fucking face. Take your shot. You want to take your shot? Take it. Take your shot. Go. Hey. Don't you let no. Fucking walk away no. Fucking walk away I've Walk away go, no, go, hey. go 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 Move Because no. no, if you tell us I'm to no. we'll fuck them up Oh no, no, so you better no, keep no, walking I want
4: you to take shot Okay then why are you still over here fucking antagonizing us You're
2: fucking bothering us you're fucking bothering us. We said fucking walk away, and you're still fucking here. I'm waiting on a fucking pizza. Man, I have mean, a reason. I going to get it for you. I okay, go okay, will going, going to get it for you. Okay, let's fucking walk down in Domino's. Why don't you stop? This is not fucking Domino's. This is not Domino's. Get your fucking food. Get your fucking food. Get your fucking food. No, no, I'm not saying you. I don't Right? I, I don't give a fuck. Cherokee. Y'all bitch ass president stole from. I don't give a fuck. Bitch, don't do why it. You call me a bitch? I didn't do nothing to you. Trump's That's why. I will pray for you. How do you feel today, ma'am? Now, I will pray for you. God bless you. Look, the four two, bitch, I be four different languages, and I got tested on genius level. Bitch, I ain't got to prove shit to you. Je should like Paul say, bitch, what you want to hurt? Bitch, get knocked the fuck out! I ain't gotta prove That's shit. And you know. your language is, bitch. Wow, you're scary. One cracker, I can do all that. Making me mad. Okay, pull up. Do something since I'm making you mad. Get mad some more. I'm mad about my son. I got a four year. I gotta live and deal with y'all bullshit. Okay, I I
10: told her I pray for. Her. We're gonna pray. We We're gonna pray. What brought
2: you on here today, Miss? Because I have a black son. I have a black son. This for that's gonna have to grow up in this bullshit. This Period. What? Jurer, I just walked up here and they do were not having. A, I'm just telling him. I, I just, know. Do not do it. I just walked course. up here and they not, want, I just, want the footage. They want to put whoever, it on. No. Uh, uh, we're breaking We're just. wondering about what I happened? I That's know. Okay, I'll, to I'll, know. I'm just gonna say this. I just walked
6: up here and I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm,
2: I'm, I'm okay, I'm Black holiday What? No. Y'all bring Sorry. this thing down here, especially in Tulsa. After the race rides and y'all want to bring Trump down on this weekend, in the name of Jesus. get y'all sorry just like Bobby y'all God sorry as president. Sister, in the mighty name of Jesus, the fuck? let her come to Jesus Christ. I Hallelujah. But I, I with y'all My Lord, Jesus Christ and Savior, who rose again Hallelujah. on the third day, Amen. Amen. I'm not his house?
3: None of that was played. They excused it all away. Because just like NPR, and why I started the show that way, we're just going to admit facts that don't go with the narrative. Here's a quick soundbite. This was a UK rally for Trump. doesn't make the news. Why would we? Why would we make that, make the news? They were in a fervor. Trump, any protester, anarchists, agitators, looters, or lowlifes lifes are going to Oklahoma, please understand you will not be treated like you were in New York and Seattle, Minneapolis. Jake Tapper, protesters have a constitutionally guaranteed right to peaceably assemble. Yes. Yes, they do. Peacefully. And you and your network have chosen not to air the unpeaceful portions. You've gone away from Operation Taliban. You don't even show it. And the funny thing is that all they kept talking about is everybody's gonna get everybody's gonna get the virus. The day prior, Al Sharpton slams Donald Trump on Juneteenth rally in Tulsa, and since the president's not qualified to run the country and says the protesters will make america great again they literally carried it and not a word not a word about getting covid there's articles everywhere anti-trump protesters interfere with rally campaign claims as outdoor speeches canceled because of it and the people knew it but the media broadcasted it as well there wasn't enough people that's why they left New York Times, Tulsa officials are pleading with Trump to cancel right a Saturday, warning it worse than a spike in Oklahoma. That was the day of. Jonathan LeMayer, President Trump ignored health warmings. That's what they went with until they found out that people didn't show up. People went away because of the violence. People didn't stay for the overflow. And the million vote million attendees. We're actually AOC sycophants. Actually, you got rocked by teens on TikTok who flooded the Trump campaign with fake ticket reservations and tricked you into believing a million people wanted your white supremacist open mic enough to pack an arena during COVID. Shout out to Zoomers. You all make me so proud. And then people started asking, you use a Chinese app? Isn't that... Interference with the campaign? Isn't that what we've done for four years, that there was interference with the Hillary Clinton campaign? And you just did it? The media, A, weren't going to hit Raheem Kasim Trump rally versus Biden rally this week, but watch which one the media says was under attended. Biden did a rally. There were like 12 people there. Biden's done streaming. They can't even get over 5,000. Eight million people watched on Fox alone. YouTube had a million. There were so many platforms watching it. An estimate was 19 million people watched this rally. I don't know why. I don't. I don't watch any of the rallies. They have nothing to say. But CNN went to their airwaves with it. There's nothing wrong I'll start before I play seltzer. CNN, TikTok users are trying to troll Trump campaign by reserving tickets for Tulsa. Yay! Yay, team! And then he actually went to the air and talked about it.
7: And it seems that one of the other reasons why there were so many empty seats is a no-show protest. A no-show protest. This all started with a video on TikTok created by Mary Jo Lapp, who's being effectively called a TikTok grandma. So she made a video more than a week ago urging viewers to go to Trump's site, sign up to attend the rally, but pointedly not show up at the rally. Her video was viewed tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of times, and then her video led to others. You had younger TikTok users going on posting similar videos. Uh, K-pop fans were on there as well, trying to sabotage Trump's rally. And look, it it, it did seem to work to some degree. We don't know exactly how well, but Trump's campaign manager, Brad Parscale, was out there talking about how many people were signing up. You know, Trump was bragging that there were a million people rsvp and They were gathering all this data about people they can use for the campaign. But apparently, it was a bunch of Kids, a bunch of teenagers signing up as a protest. Clearly, not everybody showed up in, in Tulsa. Maybe people heard the huge numbers and said they didn't want to go through the hassle of the crowds. It's unclear exactly what happened. There's multiple factors. We're going to go live to Tulsa in a moment. But first, I, I spoke with Mary Jo Lopp about her role in what's being called a no-show protest. So, Mary Jo, what happened?
0: Um, I had educated myself on Black Wall Street
6: and understood better why black content creators on various social platforms were really upset and frustrated with the original plan of Juneteenth for the rally in Tulsa. Yeah. And I posted a, a video late Thursday night, the 11th, that was just sort of meant to be a frustrated rant. I had a thousand followers on TikTok at that point. <laughs> Most of my videos were seen a couple hundred times, maybe.
7: And then this went viral on multiple platforms
6: yes by 7 o'clock the next morning it had been seen hundreds of times and shared hundreds of times and then the K-pop stands jumped on from Twitter and when they get involved you know it's getting serious
3: how would that have played if it was reversed how would that have played I mean how would that have gone over if a bunch of maggots as they call them had done that to Joe Biden the media would be up in arms They would say it's collusion. It's interrupting with the campaign. If he does this, how is he not going to steal the election? I mean, I thought it was stupid to go out and say a million because it goes back to the inauguration kerfuffle and they're going to fucking hound him about attendance. So you kind of set yourself up for failure. But it was okay because it's the left. It's what they do. It's it's okay to troll shit. It's okay to do all this stuff. I mean, MSNBC literally is reporting one of the gates of the rally has been closed due to BLM protesters and the National Guard is trying to push the crowd back. It was an out-and-out out fight. CNN didn't talk about it. They weren't going to cover that there was violence. And people did leave because of the violence. And they called out off the outdoor because it wasn't safe. And they didn't show the crowds up front as there's a lot of people. They broadcasted the crowds up front as a bunch of people going to get COVID. But as we go to our first break, you won't see this at a Biden event, a bunch of cops and National Guard walking by and being cheered want to play that because that didn't get airtime. It won't get airtime. Police will be getting fucking protested at Biden events. That's why I think conservatives should show up and counter protest and see how many of them beg for them. But our music today is going to be a very bad rendition of a Snoop Dogg song, Christmas in the LBC. I got no place else to put it, so I'm going to play it now. It was written by Jimmy Kimmel, Mr. Blackface. As we'll learn today, I think he's getting canceled, but because he's such a good ally, yeah, they're not going to make a big deal out of it. Because they found a blackface of him in a jazz uniform from back in the day. We'll talk more about it there, but he wrote this song. and It is replete with the N-word. As you come in off the very bad Snoop Dogg, it's our violence bump. It's just a few things. Once again, people are getting beat down in our streets. The left is sponsoring it.
11: Anderson Cooper reporting live at what appears to be a very small white nationalist meeting for Donald Trump. And it's very violent, to say the least. Uh-oh, somebody just hit someone with a Confederate flag. Oh, my gosh. Nobody is here. There's nobody here right now. This is embarrassing. I mean, and the people that are here are very hateful and disrespectful. Another fight. Another fight. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. No one is here. The, cr- the seats are completely empty. There is no one here. This is such a racist group of people. I haven't seen anyone from the African American community here at all. I think they've all boycotted this. I haven't seen one African American person here. They do not wish to support Donald Trump, and that's apparent because I have not seen any African American people there supporting Trump. This is horrible. The place is empty. This is absolutely embarrassing. Donald Trump, give up. It's over. Joe Biden is gonna win. Let's go to Joe Biden. Wow, this place is packed. Um. So many people I, here,
2: and is just—he's—he's just, you know, he's
11: so exciting, and, and I think to are all is be nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, uh, yeah,
6: um, just—I I, can't even explain the—the the, the electricity in this room. <laughs>
10: D.O.G. with some shit about the baby double G.O.D. Yeah. Back in the day in the Bethlehem. Yeah, that shit was all good. You know this family was holy moly. The Virgin Mary was rolling holy. Wise all day Bringing gifts and shit for baby boo in the hay. Well, there was danger. in the manger. Word, the evil king was on the ass. They packed their shit and got the fuck out fast. Yes, guilty. Okay. So now my homie, Dr. Dre, and me, we celebrate that day. Christmas time in the LBC. A fat nigga in a sleigh giving shits away. Christmas yeah. time in the LBC. I got a gift from your ways, What did you get me? motherfucker? Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow I told that motherfucker Santa Bring a pick for my app, bro And here's a list on my Christmas list I want a black motherfucking Lexus And for my homies down the way I say bring a gang and take a yeah, ring That shit was not the trick Me and my niggas down in LBC We'll smoke that motherfucking Christmas tree Silent night, holy night All is calm, cause this bitch be tight i white, Saint Nick, pick Some kind of the brick, but don't a sack for my niggas, two packets, one. Christmas time in the LBC. You like this package, ho? I wrap the nice trunks with a bow. Yeah. Christmas time in the LBC. It's Christmas and it's with a double G. Know what I'm saying? Get the heart and nibble on my jingle box. Taking loose it down the coochie tank. The weather outside was frightful. But on my dick, you're so delightful. I got my nuts on your chest where they bring us. Once I'm 8 bitch, this niggas taste the best insight. Like a motherfucking candy cane. Snoop Dogg hanging low. It'll give a Jimmy like a great thing. Ho ho, motherfucking hoe. Get on your knees, bitch, now I'll show you where this goes. Yeah, put your Jimmy in the motherfucking chimney. I stick my Utah log in your ass. And then we dress up nice and go to midnight night. Yeah. Christmas time.
12: cast.
13: Oh shit! Aww. Oh god damn! Oh shit!
2: Oh shit! He just knocked him the fuck out.
13: Yeah, I'm gonna go out there. Oh my
2: god! Yeah, it's fucked up, man. He's out. What the fuck.
13: Stopped on his head? No, or they're that's
6: gonna another kill him. Boy. They're gonna
13: kill him, bro. That was the boy that was running. up They're gonna earlier. fucking kill him. He <sighs> says kill him. Did you hear him? Steal him. I wish I was there. But.
2: No,
4: Oh shit! Yo, they just fucking hit his
2: ass so oh, hard, bro. They keep kicking, kicking on him. They keep kicking on him. They're gonna kill him. They're gonna kill that dude. Where the fuck's the cops at? Where the? F-
4: that poor boy's. Yeah, he's hurting himself. Yeah, what the fuck?
13: Yo, look at this shit! Oh my god!
3: Wow! Yo!
10: Holy
2: shit!
7: <laughs> How long's the uh, blackout going for? Okay, so I have to wait till 8 basically. Uh what? you're
2: welcome to like hang out in the perimeter. Area. Well,
7: the thing is I'm I'm half Italian, half Colombian. So do I get a pass to get in there or
0: Well, this space is right now held for just black.
7: folks. Oh, just black. Okay. Yeah. So full black you're saying.
2: Um if you
0: have black ancestry or if you um if you have experienced oppression because you're black, then you can enter this space.
2: Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Let it go. Hey. hey. Nothing, he's trying to go through, and the street, You got the street, like, You can't yeah. go through. You can't go through, yeah, so he's just try to drive yeah, trying to drive through? Yeah, he's trying to drive through, nobody's going through. Hey. Yeah, yeah. You not go. You talking to me You are talking to you, i you no. you not want to go to the do you? you not no. Don't do that. It's not working. you not me,
3: I had a corrupt file, so I put in a... Somebody made fun of the media about his protest. It's Anderson Cooper, so I played that one. And the violence bump, that is just a tip of the spear. There is just shit everywhere. Here are two more, because we're about to go into what is happening in these cities that are defunding the police, or they're leaving the police, or uh, resigning, or what have you like New York, where all the planes closed, are gone. They just got rid of them. Crime is through the roof, and nobody's talking about it. CNN's not talking about it, ABC, NBC, CBS. No, because they're down with defund. They're down with taking your guns. They're down with all this stuff, so they're not going to report what's happening. Whereas, you know the inverse was true, and for some crazy reason, conservatives across the nation have decided we don't want police, the first thing they would be doing the day of that statement, in the city there were so many shootings Atlanta, which had walk-offs and we have no other information of what's going on down there no cops, you can just hear the shooting, and in New York City, in daylight this is a murder broad daylight
2: That's
3: what
13: I'm talking about Oh That's what I'm talking about That's what I'm talking about Yeah Yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there, man I wish I could own me a pistol Man, that's the shit That's what I'm talking about Who want that smoke? Hey, IP2, you happy now? Oh, shit. Gunfight. Oh, fuck. Let me get behind the car. Hold on. Let me get behind the car, y'all. Let me get behind the car. Get behind the car. Yeah, get behind the car. They got the they got the chopper right.
2: That shit went right by me and hit her. Okay. That shit went right by me and hit her in the leg. What? She shot! Oh, girl, is shot! Stop shooting! Hey. Oh, okay. Next one, die, No, man. We no, yeah, yeah, Damn, just man. Oh. Jesus oh. Christ. That's, That's right. fucked up, y'all. Yeah, I, I hear like eight shots, man. Five. Five eight shots. Oh. That's right, I love not breathing. that. You do uh, know He was breathing all the time. Huh? He was breathing all the time. He took his last breath. He passed away too, right? He just took his last breath? Yeah. yeah. He just took to a breath away. He's still breathing. That one's still breathing. That one's still breathing. <laughs> that one's still breathing. I'm I'm like nah, I'm trying to Back back
3: Back They even had a vigil for Rashad Brooks, which by the way, they figured out who started the fire. It's a white girl, her name's White. And there's talk that that was his girlfriend at one time. But here are reports. Shooting in Atlanta at the Rayshard Brooks vigil. Caught live. Young female shot in the leg. Amlets on the way. Shooting in Atlanta. Rayshard Brooks caught live. Repeated it. does anyone know how to hit the deck? As the sound of gunfire? My favorite part. Call 911. Uh, somebody breaks it all down, 20 seconds after shooting starts, people are standing in the middle of the road recording, I guess video for their feet is more important, they're putting on a tourniquet, at 17 seconds some black guy says it's a white guy that did it, at 18, 19 seconds the video says no it wasn't, no it was a black guy, it was a black guy, just before the clip magically disappears from the internet, but uh I got it. Yeah,
13: get behind the car, they got the, they got the chopper right oh shit,
4: Oh, fuck, get down, get down! Oh!
2: oh, you okay? You okay? You hit? You hit? She's hit? She's hit? You hit? She's hit? She's hit? It almost hit me? It almost hit me? Hey, call the ambulance! Hey, get her! Hey, she's hit! No, hit! Stop! That shit's getting right by me. No, it's in her leg. Hold on, hold on. Tie
3: it. They're scrubbing the net of all this stuff. They're taking it down. Simultaneously, our media is not going to report. No white people are allowed on this road. Man and woman say group with guns attack them, damage their car near the Atlanta Wendy's. Police said a man and woman were attacked the rocks by a group of men gathered in front of burned out Wendy's, Atlanta. What are the details? Ty Spiceland, 35, and a woman who didn't want to be identified were confronted by several people, some of whom were armed with handguns, on University Avenue around 1:30 p.m. The station said Spiceland told WSMB that a member of groups punched him three times in the face when he rolled down his window and threw rocks at his car. Matt Johnson, uh, additional video. Uh, Spiceland also said he was told that white people aren't allowed on over on on the road overall I absolutely agree with their side he said all I want to do is just roll down the window and try and reason with these guys hey we're not going to Wendy's we're just passing through we'll be gone in one second and he just didn't want to hear that or anything about that he straight up said no white people are allowed it's scary to have someone come after you like that we take their side weren't being disrespectful in any kind of way we were just driving and trying to get on the interstate But no, Mm-mm. there's all sorts of B- chops got fucking black people only. New York City has BLM Avenue for black people, pedestrians only. We're starting to segregate, but they want to segregate. And then these are the stories this weekend. I kept a hold of them because it just kept adding up. Chicago. Chicago shooting at least 70 shot, 10 fatally, including four children. 18 murders in 24 hours inside the most violent day in 60 years in Chicago. 104 shot, 14 fatally over Father's Day weekend. Five children were among the 14 people killed, including a 3-year-old boy and a 13-year-old girl killed in separate shootings. But it's not just Chicago. New York City violence spree 51 shootings since Monday there is actually an agency that covers it 1600 shooting incidents since this all broke out in Minneapolis 1600 and no not the cops they didn't shoot Floyd Article comes out, shooting surge less than a week after NYPD cut plainclothes anti-crime unit. Saranovich, Chicago shooting, toddler, teen girl, among 10 dead, 67, because the week just kept coming. Steve Cortex, 60 people shot this weekend in Chicago. Carmen Sabina, 60 people shot. Pastor Ikra Akri, this is a horrific Father's Day after nine people were killed, including a thir- three-year-old. Sixty people were wounded in shooting at Chicago. And this sad picture says it all of the Chicago police addressing the media. There's maybe five people there. They, they don't want to cover that. In two days, Ari Fleischer... New York City violence spree, 22 people shot in two days span, NYPD report, one dead, 11 wounded in Minneapolis, two dead, seven wounded in North Carolina block party, breaking 10 people shot in Minneapolis, reports of 100 people fighting with various weapons. Ten were shot in Minneapolis after midnight on Sunday morning and there were reports of up to 100 people brawling using various weapons in the area. Minneapolis has been severely under police since the rioting began as politicians and media continue to cause hostility. Minneapolis police, shooting update. Ten people at area hospitals suffering from gunshot wounds all are alive with various severity levels of injury. Kyle Hooten, blood on the ground after seven were hit and shooting in Uptown. Daily reporter Kyle Hooten, moments ago, some people shot. Now 100 people are fighting with various weapons at the same spot in uptown Minneapolis. A live stream captured the aftermath of the shooting that hit 10 people just now in uptown Minneapolis. Minneapolis police tweeted that multiple people shot in the area of 2,900 block Hennepin South. Minneapolis police again, multiple people shot in the area of 2,900 A spokesman for the Minneapolis Police Department told the Star Tribune, the shooting star in the middle of the 2900 block. Another story. Minneapolis was shattered because of riots not a shooting. 11 injured and 1 dead. In one area. And they kept updating this. So the media can see it. They're just not carrying it. A total synopsis According to WCCO-TV, the suspect is still as large and five detectives from Minneapolis Police Department have been brought in to investigate. There were four other shooting incidents in the uptown area Saturday night. A woman was shot after an argument at 1100 block of Olson Memorial Highway. A man was shot multiple times, suffering life-threatening injuries outside of Crystal's Bar at 2 a.m. Sunday. Adult male critically wounded is shooting their fourth precinct incident happening shortly after 3.30 a.m. Two men arrived at North Memorial Medical Center with nine non-life threatening injuries being shot at 3. 42 a p.m. or a.m. And all the while on MSNBC and on the airwaves, we have the following sound bites: Arasi Asi Frumpong. Some white people might want to die. This is big on the internet. Black people are retweeting this. And the BLM founder. We got to get rid of Trump.
0: Some UGA alumni are saying they are thinking about withholding donations after a university employee made some racially charged comments. Channel 2's Tony Thomas is live in Athens. That's where the teacher's assistant is standing by his words. Tony, even as his bosses consider legal options.
4: Yeah, Jovita, when this all started, the university administrator's first statements were basically that this was a teacher's assistant making personal comments not directly related to UGA. Now, though, as these comments have gone viral, well, reactions are changing. You have to wonder what else is in the water. Have you heard about this teacher's assistant? The The online comments and videos of UGA teacher's assistant Irami Osei Frangpong are spreading rapidly.
7: There's got to be a reason why he's saying that. You know, he's not just being that crazy.
4: Osei Frangpong, who calls himself the funky academic online, recently commented on Facebook, some white people may have to die for black communities to be made whole. And fighting white people is a skill. I didn't advocate for violence. I was just honest about the history of racial progress. I asked Gose Frampong about his comments and university administrators who say they are, quote, vigorously exploring all legal options about his words.
8: If they fire me, I, I, I don't think
4: it goes very well for them. But the pressure appears to be mounting. This is a confrontation last September between Osei Frompang and then UGA student Andrew Lawrence. You
10: said that every suburban community in Georgia raises white supremacists.
4: How can you possibly say that? Lawrence now lives in D.C. and recently posted the video as he called for alumni to stop donating to the university until action is taken.
10: I feel like the things that
7: he's saying are inciting violence. They invite the idea into people's
8: minds. Some white people may have to die. You stick with that. Yeah, I'm I'm confused on why that's so controversial.
4: Now, in its latest statement, UGA administrators wrote, we are seeking guidance from the Office of the Attorney General as to what actions we can legally consider in accordance with the First Amendment. Live in Athens, Tony Thomas, Channel 2 Action News.
6: um, I also think that it might... um, I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, Myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, We uh, are trained Marxists. Um, We are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories and i think that what we really try to do is build a movement that could be utilized by many many black folk
3: this keeps on getting on the airwaves you hear the bumpers i didn't play a lot today it's mostly the rally but there's hey this is warranted this is a movement this is a revolution this needs to happen rioters in washington dc tear down statue burn it police watch portland police watch Nobody, nobody's stopping any of this. And then just like Bubba Wallace, unconfirmed noose. Well, this was confir- confirmed. Jacksonville police find mannequin dressed in NYPD uniform hanging from I-95.
14: Developing now, we are working to learn more about a mannequin wearing a police uniform that was found hanging by a noose from a Jacksonville overpass this morning. On your side, Shelby Danielson tells us how JSO detectives hope to find out who did it. JSO says they received a call around 6 a.m. about a potential suicide by hanging. When they arrived, they found a mannequin hanging under the overpass near the Zoo Parkway exit. Officers on scene told First Coast News the mannequin was dressed in an NYPD uniform and had a pig mask on. Investigators will be using the mannequin to search for DNA in hopes of finding a suspect.
15: Our goal at this point is to identify persons of interest for the sake of, most importantly, the safety of the members of the community and for our officer's safety as well. We are thankful that this was not a real person.
14: Around 8.15 Saturday morning, you can see Jacksonville Fire and Rescue had to come out and they took the mannequin down. The president of the local fraternal order of police released the following statement to us. Quote, the hate displayed in that picture is not representative of our community. It is representative of someone with a small mind and whose only goal is to cause division. We are thankful for the support we have here in Jacksonville, and we will not allow the actions of one person or a few to affect our commitment to serve. JSO, of course, is asking for anyone with information about who could have done this to please call Crimestoppers at 866-845-TIPS. Remember, you can always remain anonymous. For First Coast News, I'm Shelby Danielson on your side.
3: If you remember when all this came down, the Dallas assault on officers. Do you remember that? It came on the heels of one of this because it keeps getting ratcheted up by the media. It's ratcheted up by BLM. I mean, I could play a, an entire podcast of cops getting beaten. One of the ones I had the other day of a guy getting just just housed. And a Belk or a JCPenney. Instantly, a media member said, somebody said he heard the guy say the N-word. Everybody around it said, no, he didn't. But that can excuse it. Well, he said a racial epitaph. So we can just beat the shit out of him. I mean, it really comes down to, we're talking about all this rhetoric, the left's done. And we've talked about it for three years. This is the fruit of that rhetoric. When through hyperbole, you say that these are the end of times, we're going to lose our country, and then you organize to protest for the purpose of trying to pander for votes, and then it starts getting a little violent, you and your media go, well, just say it's peaceful and stop carrying it. But this is going to work, Because now we're on voter suppression. People are going to be scared to go vote. And then you hit every poll, and every poll is going to be, I'm not voting for Trump. They're not going to admit they're voting for Trump. Because now it's dangerous. It's dangerous to vote for Trump. And I once again say, I thought Trump's language was violent. I mean, they took down Ulysses S. Grant in San Francisco. Whole article on it. I mean, the dude fought to get rid of slavery. But they ripped him down because they don't know. And then this is one of about 30 I've read just since the last podcast O L I at Saphicatra, S A P P H C A T R A. Please normalize cutting family members out of your life. Normalize not liking family members. You shouldn't have to pretend to like your grandpa if he's a fucking Trump supporter. That rhetoric, it's a hate. And they've been projecting it was you. You're the hateful person. If you don't believe in abortion to, you know, live birth abortion. If you believe in our borders. If you believe that all cops are not racist? You're the evil one. And they project. And they project. And they and they stir up, just like NPR, there's a bunch of white supremacists that nobody sees. They're not out tearing statues down. They're not beating people in the street. They're not attacking cops. You, you know, we get all we've gotten, and Chaz. I'll surmise the soundbite. It ended up being their undoing. And literally, now, they're going to take back the section. But a protester got shot. They instantly spun its white people. It wasn't. It was a black guy. They instantly spun, spun, oh, They didn't come and save us. The media ran with it. But if we didn't get rid of, you know, live PD and live rescue, you'd realize since Reginald Denny, the fucking L.A. riots, fire departments and EMS do not go into areas until it's secure. Rioters and evildoers, as Bush used to say, will beat the shit out of them, so they don't. And the guy bled out. They refused to let the fucking police in. So EMS never went in. And like I said, the media and Twitter, all the blue checks and liberals, oh my God, they let him bleed out. It's their fault. Blah, 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 blah. Well, that's on you. You wouldn't let the cops in. They couldn't secure the area. The person died and now they're going to tear it down. They're done. They're just done. But that's, that's how we got here. We got chopped because of rhetoric and the left's been saying it. Run them out of the spaces. Don't let them come to restaurants. Don't let them do anything. Charlotte Climber, Blue Check, his, Hi, pics of the Lenin statue in Seattle are being passed around among conservatives. A few quick notes. It's privately owned and situated on private property. It has, in fact, been frequently vandalized. Lenin was not a slave owner, you Confederate apologist fucks. But it's not about the Confederates. That's their projection. Because here's fucking Susan Rice. Who the fuck says this?
6: ...clear that this... Election And whoever Joe Biden chooses among many very talented candidates is about getting Joe Biden in the White House. Somebody who can heal and unify the nation and remove Donald Trump and consign him and those who supported him in the Senate to the trash heap of
3: history. Conservatives were apoplectic over this. They really were. But when you literally break it down. This is the left. It's been the left since Bush. They hate you. I say it on my podcast all the time. They fucking hate you. I mean, yes, I could take the easy angle. A conservative goes on TV and goes, This election's about putting Obama and the people who supported him on the trash heap of history. Oh my God, I would never fly. But they believe it. The rhetoric is about hate. It's about control. And they'll use whatever they can. They're using a mob right now. They use the Russian collusion. They use a phone call. They use he rigged the vote with fucking goddamn Facebook. They rigged, oh, he grabbed a pussy. They absconded, I'm going to have a fucking HRC president who had a shitter goddamn server, and that somehow is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You're just a sexist. They have supported, financed all of these protests, all the antifa protests. They've done it all, and they were fine with it. Biden has not said any of this is bad. He has not called out statue tearing down. He's not called down burning down cities. He hasn't done anything. He sat in his basement. And he gets away with it. Because he can. The media's not going to call him on it. They called Bush, or fucking, what's the difference? Trump, the entire time, they called him out. Why isn't he healing the nation? We need a healer. We need an Obama moment to go on the TV and say everything's going to be all right. And then when he kind of did it his way, it wasn't good enough. And then when he did this, it wasn't good enough. It's just hate. It's fucking hate. And the rhetoric is now the Taliban. Because by not condemning it, you're condoning it. You're saying it's okay. And it goes for Republicans. So as we go to our music break and we come into our new section, let's get woke. All this stupid shit. We're going to play Tucker calling out conservatives. And we're going to play the press secretary taking Acosta to the woodshed. It's a little long. I'll see you in about 15 minutes.
5: Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. We want to take you to, across the street from the White House, a Fox News alert for you. At this moment... A mob is attempting to knock down a statue of Andrew Jackson. Those are live pictures you're looking at. Spray-painting the base, trying to knock the statue down. In large letters, you can see it says killer at the bottom. Amazing. This is happening all over the country, as you know, and there's a reason for it. Over the weekend, most recently, doubtless you've heard of this, city officials announced their plan to remove the statue of Teddy Roosevelt from outside New York's Museum of Natural History. The bronze statue has stood there in the Theodore Roosevelt Rotunda facing Central Park since before the Second World War. Soon it will be gone. People who erected that statue 80 years ago would be confused by this, no doubt. They did not consider Teddy Roosevelt a controversial figure. In fact, Roosevelt was the most popular president in American history. He was also the most American president. No other country could have produced Teddy Roosevelt. Roosevelt's virtues mirrored the values of America. He was physically brave, he was profoundly literate, highly self-disciplined, and amazingly energetic. While still a college student, Roosevelt wrote a two-volume history of the War of 1812 that is still in print today. You can buy it on Amazon. He was the youngest president in our history. He saved our economy from corporate monopolies. And by doing that, he made the American middle class possible. He created the national parks, he created the Panama Canal, the Food and Drug Administration. And then he kept going. The list of Teddy Roosevelt's achievements fills entire shelves of biographies. Those are in addition to the more than 40 books he wrote himself on topics ranging from Oliver Cromwell to cattle ranching to social justice. Personally, Roosevelt was a famously decent man. In 1901, he invited his friend, Booker T. Washington, to dinner. No African-American had ever eaten in the White House. Democrats roared with rage at the idea. For the crime of having a meal with a black man, they attacked Teddy Roosevelt and his wife for the rest of their lives. But Roosevelt never bowed. He gave the finger to the mob, and he continued cheerfully on. Teddy Roosevelt was a hero to millions of Americans. He still is. That's precisely why they're tearing down his statue. They know that if they can force you to watch as they topple your heroes, they have won. There is nothing they can't do next. They can decide how you raise your children, how you vote, what you're allowed to believe. Once they've humiliated you, they can control you. And that's why, across the country, mobs are tearing down America's monuments. In the cities of Richmond and St. Paul, Minnesota, they've torn down statues of Christopher Columbus. They did the same thing in Boston. Boston's mayor now says it's time to remove a statue of Abraham Lincoln, the man who freed the slaves. It's racist. In Dallas, they pulled a Texas Ranger statue out of the airport after more than 50 years. In Dearborn, Michigan, they toppled the statue of the former mayor. They did the same thing in Philadelphia. In Nashville, they pulled down a statue of a former U.S. senator. Same in Albany. In Oregon, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington were torn down. In San Francisco, the mob demolished statues of Ulysses S. Grant, Junipero Serra, and Francis Scott Key. On the pedestal of the Key Monument, they spray-painted Kill the Colonizers and... Kill Whitey, just in case you missed the point. One thing all of these Americans, now canceled, have in common, not one of them fought for the Confederacy. Pulling down their statues had nothing to do with the Civil War, at least not the first Civil War, the one that took place 150 years ago. Democrats understand that very well, and they support all of it. In every place where the mob has destroyed public monuments, Democratic leaders have backed them as they did it. But at the same time, and you should know this, so have many Republicans. Last week, a mob in downtown Washington, D.C. decided to tear down a statue of a man called Albert Pike. Pike was famous as a journalist and a poet and later as a prominent Freemason. For less than a year, from late November of 1861 to mid-July of 1862, Pike served in the Confederate Army. Pike was later arrested for treason against the Confederacy, and he faced execution for that. But in the end, it didn't save him from the mob. They set fire to Pike's effigy as it lay on the ground. At least one prominent conservative tweeted his approval of this. Republicans in Congress said nothing at all, and they could have. Pike's now-destroyed statue is owned by the National Park Service, its federal property. Tearing it down was a federal crime. But no one in Washington even considered enforcing that law. Kevin McCarthy of California, the top Republican in the House, was not in a position to say much of anything. McCarthy has endorsed the removal of statues that the left has designated as racist. Last week, as violent mobs roamed the country destroying public property, Kevin McCarthy refused to acknowledge it on his official Twitter account. On Wednesday, McCarthy did manage to send a very emphatic tweet calling for sanctions against Syria, quote, to hold the Assad regime responsible for its atrocities. Elected Republicans, almost all of them, are in no hurry to stop the disorder. They appear to believe what we're watching is a version of the Rodney King riots from 1992. People saw an upsetting video on the Internet. They're angry, and that's understandable. But they'll calm down soon, and we can get back to cutting capital gains taxes and sanctioning Bashar al-Assad. That's their view of it. They are wrong. This is not a momentary civil disturbance. This is a serious and highly organized political movement. It is not superficial. It is deep and profound. It has vast ambitions. It is insidious. It will grow. Its goal is to end liberal democracy and challenge Western civilization itself. This is an ideological movement. The ideas that fuel it have incubated for decades on college campuses. We paid for all of it, by the way. The rest of us were so thrilled that our kids got into Duke that we decided to ignore what Duke was actually teaching them and just continued to send big checks. That was a mistake. It was one of the gravest mistakes we've ever made. We didn't appreciate the stakes involved at the time, and as a result of that, we became easy marks for their lives. Even now, so many of us continue to pretend that this is about police brutality. But the death of a man called George Floyd in Minneapolis. We still imagine we can fix it by regulating chokeholds or spending more on de-escalation training. We are too literal, we're too good-hearted to understand what's really happening. Our decency is the mob's main weapon against us. We have no idea who we're up against. For most people, the primary joy in life is the act of creation, making something good and useful, whether it's dinner for your family or a deck off the back of your house or a solid day at work. The most profound act of creation, of course, is having children, new life itself. Healthy societies celebrate all of this. They understand that the impulse to create is how civilizations are built. But they also recognize that there are forces arrayed against creation, and they vigilantly defend themselves against those. In every society, there are those who seek to destroy. They destroy for the same reason that troubled boys torture dogs, or shoot house cats. Inflicting pain makes them feel powerful. We used to call people like that antisocial forces. They still exist, we just pretend they don't. Or worse, we excuse their behavior. We coddle them, we fund them. Wall Street sends the money in the hope that they will be destroyed last. The rest of us just look on confused. We don't really know what's happening. But the destroyers know. They know exactly what's going on. Never in American history have they been more emboldened than they are now. Just this afternoon around lunchtime, an activist called Sean King issued the following demand on Twitter. Quote, all murals and stained glass windows of white Jesus and his European mother and their white friends should also come down. They are a gross form of white supremacy, created as tools of oppression, racist propaganda. They should all come down." End quote. Before you dismiss that idea as absurd, the rantings of some crank on social media, keep in mind that Sean King is the most famous Black Lives Matter leader in this country. Black Lives Matter is now more popular than either major political party. So don't be surprised when they come for your church. Why wouldn't they? No one is stopping them. The forces of destruction have grand ambitions. It's not just about the Teddy Roosevelt statue. They plan to rule this country. What will happen if they do? Well, you may imagine that self-defense is your bulwark against chaos. In this country, you assume, you can always defend yourself and your family. That's a pillar of our civilization, of all Western civilizations. This woman assumed that too. On Wednesday, she was driving through Louisville, Kentucky. According to Louisville police, the woman found herself surrounded by protesters who were blocking the road. They stood in front of her car with a megaphone. She argued with them to let her pass. One of them produced a gun. The woman tried to flee. We're showing the dramatic tape on your screen right now. Look at it. When the woman stopped at a red light a block later, another protester pointed a gun at her again. She hit the gas and made it home alive. On Sunday, National Public Radio published an article about the incident. The headline of that piece, quote, Vehicle attacks rise as extremists target protesters. In other words, for trying to escape from being murdered, NPR called this woman an extremist who was, quote, targeting protesters. Think about that, and you begin to understand why so few citizens have tried to stop the mobs as they pillage our country. And see it doesn't own the statues in your city's parks, it doesn't own your city. You do. You help pay for it. But what would happen if you tried to defend public property? Or even if you tried to defend your own property? You know the answer. You'd be swarmed by federal agents. You'd be Roger Stoned with the help and complicity of CNN and NPR and so many others. You'd be the criminal. There's no question. You've seen this happen before. To a remarkable degree, federal law enforcement is now driven by political imperatives. Certain kinds of so-called hate crimes top the list of priorities. They'll draw the FBI faster than you could summon the local police to your house during a home invasion, even when, as is so often the case, they turn out to be hoaxes. Meanwhile, actual hate crimes, brutal crimes in which Americans are gravely injured, are ignored completely. They take place on our streets with shocking regularity. The media don't cover them. They often go unpunished entirely. That's not speculation. There's quite a bit of video of it online, some of it very recent. We're not going to show you the clips. If you're interested, go to the Twitter feed for the Matt Walsh blog before Twitter pulls it down. You'll get the point. But you already know. Laws are not applied equally in America. Some victims are considered more deserving than others, despite the fact we're all citizens. Justice is not blind. Never in our lives has this been more true than it is right now, and is very likely to get worse. That's the aim of this movement, of these riots, to overthrow the value, the principle of equality under the law. After November, that trend could accelerate dramatically. And by the way, we should stop pretending that this is an election between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. There is no Joe Biden. The Joe Biden you remember no longer exists. The babbling husk you see may have the same name and similar features, but behind the mask there is nothing but a jumbled collection of talking points from the early 70s. Turn on your record player, no malarkey. The candidate has no independent thoughts of his own. He has no core beliefs. He is empty. He is a perfect Trojan horse. For the people who've taken over the Democratic Party, he is perfect. Their plan is to ride him to power. Once there, someone tough and calculating and purposeful, Kamala Harris probably, will change the country. How? Well, they showed us how. For three years, they told us that secret Russian agents had taken over the U.S. government. There was never a single piece of evidence to show that that was true in any way. It was a hoax, and yet it worked. They dominated the country with that lie, and that was their dry run. Can we convince millions of people to believe something that's completely absurd? Yes, we can. That's what they learned. That's the lesson. They'll do it again. This time the Russians will be Confederate sympathizers, or Nazis, or white supremacists, or whatever other name they choose to give to their political opponents. It almost doesn't matter. But once they pick one, they will gin up mass hysteria, because that's what they're good at. The media will collaborate fully, because that's their job. And we'll have another witch hunt, once again with the full support of federal law enforcement and intelligence agencies. And who knows, maybe the military too, because the threat is just that profound. A few foolish souls will attempt to point out the obvious. What's true? Of course there are racists here, as there are everywhere. But overall, this is the least racist country in the history of the world. Millions of Africans want to move here. Many already have. Our last president was black. What are you talking about? Those people will be silenced. Anyone who defies the narrative will be silenced. By that point, the category of hate speech will have expanded to include anything they don't want to hear, and it will be criminalized. A federal offense. You watch. If they can tear down a Lincoln statue because it's racist, they can ban the First Amendment. You don't want to live in a place like that. Who can save us from that? Well, as of right now, only Republicans can save us from that. Not because they're inherently virtuous, not because they want to, they don't, but because they're the opposition party, to the extent they still have opposition to anything. We have no choice but to ask for their help. The Republican Party is the only power center left in this country available to people who dissent. It doesn't matter who you voted for last time. This is not an endorsement of anyone's policies. It's an acknowledgement of who holds power and who doesn't. And the Republican Party is the only power center available. On Friday, Vince of the Daily Caller, interviewed Donald Trump in the White House. Colonnese asked the president why he hasn't sent federal troops to stop the chaos in cities like Seattle. Here's how the president answered, quote, Right now, I think it's great sitting back and watching this catastrophe, end quote. We understand the point he was making. These are liberal cities, and they're destroying themselves. Their policies don't work. This is what you get when you vote for liberals. But it's still the wrong answer. A president is responsible for all Americans, no matter where they live, for the country itself. Imagine if you had a bitter argument with one of your children. The kid runs out of the house, then goes completely off the deep end and becomes a heroin addict living on the street. But you don't look for him. You don't try and save him. Instead, you brag that his drug addiction is proof you were right all along. Right now, I think it's great sitting back and watching this catastrophe. You wouldn't say that. No good parent would say that. No president should say it either. We need help, and we need it right now. These are not protests. This is a totalitarian political movement. And someone needs to save the country from it. I want to bring you back to a Fox News alert. Police just arrived in Washington to the Andrew Jackson statue across from the White House. This is Lafayette Square Park, right in the center of Washington. On the left, you see live pictures of police removing ropes protesters were using to try and tear the statue down. They arrived apparently just in time. A few minutes later, the statue would have been on the ground. A priceless work of art destroyed. Another piece of American history swept into the memory hole in dust. On the right, you can see video from moments ago of protesters trying to take it down. They've also spray painted the word.
2: If I can ask you
16: about uh, last night, the president uh, tweeted out some fake videos. Uh, one of which was labeled uh, "manipulated media" uh, by Twitter. Uh, why is the president sharing fake videos on Twitter? about two toddlers uh, who are obviously showing a lot of love for one another. It seems as though he's exploiting children to make some sort of crass political point uh, no. why is he sharing fake videos he
11: was making a point uh, about cnn specifically he was making a point uh, that cnn has regularly taken him out of context um that in 2019 cnn misleadingly aired a clip from one viewpoint repeatedly to falsely accuse the covington boys of being quote students in maga gear harassing a native american elder um that's a harassing video a misleading video about children that had really grave consequences for their future so
16: to, so you're saying it's okay. Okay, to exploit two toddlers hugging one another on a sidewalk to make some sort of political point. Uh, you, I mean, as you know, the president has described uh, members of the press as fake news uh, during the course of this administration. When you share fake videos like that, doesn't that make you fake news?
11: I think the president was making a satirical point that was quite funny if you go and actually watch the video. Um, I think he was, a, he was making a. He was making a satire. The, the point is, uh, it was a play on CNN repeatedly taking the president out of context. Like the time when you guys had a, a Chiron that read, Trump slammed some illegal immigrants, they're animals. Well, guess what? The people we called animals were MS-13 illegal immigrants who regularly mutilate people in this nope. country. Those things are con- entirely misleading. Not
16: pointing out the president Dr. has referred to some Mexican immigrants as rapists. He has tried to pass a Muslim ban in this country. He has described. Uh, uh Black NFL that's, players are sons of bitches if they take a knee football
11: game. Uh, that's an absurd uh, attempt to justify the misleading headlines that are regularly on your network. Like I was just walking in watching CNN as they 30, 30 lauded the, seconds, the quote, President rallies heard, so. in the streets.
16: You were. You, are you gotta Stokes let me finish, this Jim. Sword. This isn't
11: a cable news segment. I'm answering your question right okay. now from the White House podium. Well,
2: when I walk out of fear, here. When I. CNN, when I walk out, it, out here, Jim. Jim when I, I
11: walk out here, Jim, and I see on your. When I, on president, your president, when I see on your network celebratory headlines about the rallies and the protests outside. You actually said protests and rallies. So in light of a protest, if these gatherings happen in light of a protest or a rally, as you say, that rally is to be condoned, but not the president's rally. I mean, it's appalling. You have one person on your network saying that this is a celebration in the streets, a carnival-like atmosphere. There's a guy with a sign that says free hugs. Um, It's beautiful what's happening in the streets. There is music. People are hugging. You celebrate hugging in the context of a protest, But in a Trump rally where we celebrate historic low African-American unemployment, criminal justice reform, HBCUs, that rally is not allowed because guess what, Jim? It doesn't fit the ideological agenda of CNN. Poking at the media bubble one
0: podcast at a time. Here's Tony Reid.
2: Come fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in Far Bombay. Come on and fly with me. Let's fly, let's fly away. Turn it up, turn it on. Rock it.
17: Let's get a
10: walk.
1: And, 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 you know, just like, just take that in. I just want all the white people to just take that in. Revolutionary, that we would receive the feedback with grace, reflect, and seek to change our behavior. That's how difficult we are. Wow. That's how big a A a-holes we are. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, that's not a very tall order. Really? That that's a revolution? But we can't get there from the current paradigm that says only mean people who want to hurt others based on race ever could do so. So we just have to change what we understand it means to perpetrate
10: racism. Yeah. and Well, well the term white fragility, uh, did you coin that term? Did you come up with that? Or is that it? Well, I did. What does it, uh, what does it mean uh, for, for, exactly?
1: Well, the fragility part is meant to a- capture how little it takes to cause white people to melt down in defensiveness and umbrage. I mean, we make it so miserable for, for black people to talk to us. About what they're experiencing from us, then most of the time they just don't. It's not worth it. It tends to get worse, not better. Yeah. And so, in that way, white fragility is, is quite powerful, and it protects the racial status quo.
10: Could, could you uh, help me in a, in a way? I want to ask a question: How how does one say um, a white? How does a white person say that they're not racist?
1: Well, white people. Often say, I'm not racist. I know you have, I have done things in my life I recognize as racist today. I would not do them again. Uh, they were neither intentional or even conscious. And yet they wounded other people nonetheless. I think white people should remove that phrase from their vocabulary. I'm not racist. It's not, I, trust me, it's not convincing to black people.
18: that is
3: some painful ass shit and and that's jimmy fallon he brought on a lady who did white fragility author and she's white see this shit doesn't come from african americans or people of color it comes from fucking woke liberals that have rejiggered about every goddamn word you can think of so they can make a living out of telling everybody they're racist gut fill. my God, this is painful. Fallon looks like he wants to dive into a hot tub full of rum and never return. Joe Friday, I can tell Fallon is thinking, whoever booked this wingnut on my show will be needing to learn to code tomorrow. I think he's thinking I need a hair of the dog, and if I've got to do this. He looks real rough, real rough. As a black man, I find this kind of rhetoric demeaning. She has a low view of black people. This is Stephen Crowder. This is the most racist segment I've seen in the last two decades. This is how big a-holes we white people are.
2: AG conservative.
3: Wait, Jimmy Fallon actually had this crazy person who spends all their time preaching we should judge people exclusively by their skin color on a show as a serious interview? Yeah. Because he doesn't want to get Jimmy Kimmeled. He had his 20-year-old blackface moment, and now he's scared to fucking death. Which, by the way, the bumper's a real song, and all the music you're hearing lowly in the background, this is what came up for Google when I said woke music. These are all woke songs. With Taylor Swift in there. And Childish Gambino. Yeah. So we're going to get woke as fuck. Jesse Single offers up just three paragraphs of white fragility, which is, which if you disagree with, you're only proving that you're fragile. Michael Tracy, the number one book in the country is White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo, a white corporate consultant. What does that tell you about how comfortable this new ideological framework exists within the dominant culture of corporate America? Noah DeCoulien, I spe- a speaker at S- I saw in Chaz sneered at D'Angelo for exploiting black pain to get rich. She might well be the raw spirit of this revolution for now. Lee Fang, Robin D'Angelo, corporate consultant and author of the best-selling White Fragility, was paid at least $8,600 under the Trump admin, Diversity Consultant. Jesus Christ. Jesse Single Just three paragraphs of Robin DeAndle's white fragility White men define everyone else's reality White men define who is valid If a black man comforts a crying white woman It may be because his racial soul essence Is telling him he might get murdered otherwise. I'm not reading this. It's 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 what Charles Cook says. The evil genius of this argument is that if you suggest that it's self-indulgent nonsense, then you are deemed to be guilty of exactly the sort of white fragility it is so invested in selling in the first place. It's perfect, non-defensible. You can't defend yourself. He continues, It's entirely worth the risk of calling it the self-indulgent nonsense that it is. Isn't this what null hypothesis is? No way to test the antithesis? It's a fallacy. This is a form of gaslighting. It's genuine evil genius, but genius nonetheless. Have you stopped beating your wife yet? Is this a CAFTA trap or some sort of variation on it? Denying guilt is evidence of not proof of guilt. I observed the same thing. I saw a post going around that listed a bunch of things that supposedly proves you have white fragility. And the last item in the list was believing that the previous items in the list were unfair or annoying. Someone called it race Scientology. And our This Is America, if you even question BLM, you're racist. That's what they're floating now. And it's mainline. That's the problem with this stuff. That's why I'm covering it. It's no longer on the college campus. They have main-line white guilt. New York Times still 3,500-word lament on Fallon's 20-year-old blackface skit. It's a month ago, but they did an article now. From it, the recent efforts of tonight's show and other late-night programs to address these subjects have once again called attention to how predominantly white and male the genre remains. Fallon, by his own admission, is an entertainer who thrives on fun and frivolity, but speaking about issues of politics and race does not come as easy for Fallon as it does for his fellow late night host. He does not use his personal history to illuminate the present day like Trevor Noah of The Daily Show, who went on for 20 fucking minutes about a warranted cop shooting. Who is uh, Noah, who's biracial and grew up in apartheid-era South a- Africa. He does not have the er- rundicate of Colbert, who regularly features prominent politicians on his show. And he doesn't have the satirical fury of Kimmel, who n- now hosts ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live, and who has shown an increasing willingness to condemn President Trump and his administration. Let's break that down for a second. Kimmel was on the man show with the Juggies.
19: You're a little closer to heaven Not a trampoline Catch a full hour of the man show I guess dreams do come true Tonight at 10, only on Comedy Central
3: It was an awesome show with Adam Carolla But they had girls jumping around On trampolines, that's how you went to the weekend Boobies I could play a soundbite, but just music and girls giggling but his blackface skit with the jazz uniform is being played off like he's taking a break. Because he became anti-Trumper when it was convenient. And he did that crying bullshit about his son and the Affordable Care Act and bullshit. And his ratings went up. Colbert, he was conservative on The Daily Show. His original show had an eagle. And he argued things now that he would never argue back then. But he got woke. I've been tweeting. I hope they find something on him. So maybe we can go back to late night comedy. Fallon's so cowed. All he does is BLM shit. I quit recording it. It was the best show on pandemic TV. I watched it every night with his kids, interviewing his wife. But they went after him. This is what you get. You went after O'Reilly, Eric Bowling, You've been going after fucking Rush Limbaugh. The media matters. Fucking nut jobs, financed by the Clinton Foundation, invented by Hillary Clinton because the right wing conspiracy. I don't know where it's at because it's all liberal all the time on our media. Yeah. Here we are. Now it's on you. But how the fuck Kimmel's gotten away with all of his bullshit when he was on the man show objectifying women. Then you have the mask wokeness, this Adam Levine guy. He literally is saying it's not politicized. But I want to remind you, two moving displays of defiance today in Manhattan. In face of the coronavirus, bolsterous Lunar New Year parade in Chinatown and a solemn vigil in Central Park for hero Dr. Li Lang. The resistance and determination in the New York Chinese community is truly inspiring. But now all he does is talk about masks. NARAL is our next subject. Abortion is covered as a political issue, not a health issue. They did a study that literally said the following. You leave out the middle option, abortion wins. 43% picked generally viable, 24% not permitted, but 31% chose available under stricter limits, which would suggest 55% want stricter limits on pre- presently on the books. Reporters characterize the abortion debate as divisive, furthering the perception of profound conflict on the insu- ins- issue. They need to, char- their charged rhetoric from anti-abortion advocates are included in coverage, often with minimal content when it comes to reproductive freedom people's personality ideology should not interfere with others lives nor should it trump science their point is that America's on their side and they all think the media is too liberal I mean too conservative on abortion when was the last time you saw the March for Life on TV you haven't I play it on the podcast. It doesn't get played on the TV. And when they do, they call it anti-choice. Anti-abortion. They never say pro-abortion. Pro-woman's reproductive health. And then their survey that they took is biased, leaning left. The reality is... 76% of the country doesn't want to finance and 67% including a majority plurality of young kids think there should be restrictions on abortion. It's just what it is. Most of us don't see abortion as a form of birth control. But I digress. Massachusetts orders utilities cut off for a gym for divine lockdown. And then Chris Wallace asked the question of one of the Biden flacks. What's up with the hypocrisy on COVID?
9: I, I, I want to pick up, though, on this whole question of the public health of these mass gatherings, Simone, because when there were tens of thousands of people marching in the streets and quite rightly uh, in protest for uh, the death of, of George Floyd and, and uh the issues of police brutality uh... there were some many of them not maybe most but many of them were not wearing masks at that time the president called uh, the vice president joe biden called those rallies right and necessary with no mention of public health i guess the question is why the double standard where the protests were okay but this rally was dangerous
0: <laughs> chris there is no double standard here Protesting uh, is an American right. The American people have the right to go out and raise their voices. Uh, the difference here is, Chris, we are talking about the president of the United States, whose vice president, by the way, heads the White House Coronavirus Task Force, uh, holding a rally, uh, not following the own precautions that his own public health officials have put out. Look, the president has to lead, Chris. And um, President Trump has demonstrated in so many times, and every sense of the word that he is unable to do so. And so the difference between uh, folks going out and protesting police brutality and the president planning a rally uh, where six of his own advanced staffers before the rally contracted COVID-19 is as clear as day. And again, Chris, this is about public health. No one is saying, you know, we want the economy to reopen. We want folks to get back to work. More than 20 million Americans are still out of work. Uh, Almost 120,000 thousand people have died due to COVID-19. Uh, those jobless, those deaths did not have to happen. We have to take precautions, Chris. We have to do what is necessary uh, in order to protect the American people. And months ago, but why didn't I guess what I'm asking,
9: though, I, I, I if I may, Simone, I just am asking this one question. Why didn't the vice president? Because whether it was indoors or outdoors, whatever the reason for the gathering, there were thousands of people in the streets, in these protests. Why didn't vice president? Biden say, look, I understand the concern, but these may be potential super spreaders.
0: <laughs> Chris, I just listened to your last segment where the doctor noted uh, that there, has, there is no evidence that the protests are what uh, have spiked coronavirus cases across the country. So I'm not sure what you're asking or what you're suggesting.
3: It is hypocrisy. It's always been hypocrisy. We put it in the fucking back. We put it in the boot, as our British shows show us. The trunk and let it go because we knew it was fucking hypocritical. Say it's okay to protest for George Floyd. And then we bring it out when Trump does a rally. Or there's lockdown protests. Or now nobody's wearing masks. Other get woke. SEC says they won't let them have anything in the University of Mississippi. Until they get rid of their state flag. Because it has stars and bars in it. It's not the rebel flag. It just got part of it. Because then they they don't want to get burned down. Why would they want to get burned down? Nobody wants to be burned. During the last four years, the Facts First people, brings us to our next subject. They've been putting out tweets like this. Build bridges, not walls. Protest around the world during President Trump. Americans have flooded the streets of major metropolitan areas protesting racially motivated police brutality. While mostly peaceful, the civil unrest does, does pose unique security concerns for those in charge of protecting the priceless art housed there. What do they do this week? Leo Rosa. CNN has put up a fence outside its HQ after building was attacked during the riots in Atlanta a few weeks ago. Greg Price. CNN was really interested in solutions They would have built bridges instead of walls In order to understand the feelings Of the rioters that vandalized their property Why is it That liberals Who have been against walls The first thing they did In Chaz Which is now Chop Is Build a wall CNN Build a wall Why? Why? Everybody's racist. No white areas. Really. And the worst woke that I have, because there's plenty more, here's an officer of 34 years. He sent an email stating factually George Soros finances BLM. He got fired. This is a get 24. Fox 66, your Erie.com special report.
19: We want to go, uh, good evening by the way, we want to uh, go first off here at the 6 o'clock hour down to Erie City Hall live. Erie's mayor, Joe Schember, has requested time um, to speak with the media uh, this evening. Uh, we're not exactly sure what the mayor has uh, decided that he wants to talk about, but we do know that we've been told that it's important and uh, that is why we are going live at Erie City Hall. Are we ready to go down there now? Are we
16: ready? All right. Should I start? Okay.
18: Sergeant Jeff Anunciata of the City of Erie Police Department sent an email to members of the media containing racist and derogatory statements and assertions. I condemn these statements. I am appalled and disgusted by the racial ins- insensitivity of this email. This kind of prejudice has no place within the Erie Police Department or within the city of Erie. We will not tolerate discrimination or racism. As mayor of the city of Erie, I am terminating the employment of Jeff Annunziata as an Erie police officer. Our officers take an oath that says, I will diligently discharge duties as a police officer for the city of Erie without partiality, malice, or ill-will. When I swear them in, this is the last statement that they must recite, and this is extremely important to me. Our officers must protect and serve all residents. Since taking office in January of 2018, I have been vocal about our vision to create a community of choice that is welcoming and celebrates our rich cultural diversity. Everything that we have done has been focused on that, achieving that vision. We have been working hard to build relationships in the community and to heal the deep scars of racism and prejudice. The views and language expressed in the email diminishes the trust between the police and the community at a time when that trust and partnership is critically needed. Now, I turn the microphone over to Chief Dan Smazarni. Chief.
13: I speak for the command staff when I say that we're all sickened by the language of Mr. Ananziota. We took an oath to protect and serve. Mr. Anunziata's language should not be construed as to reflect the rest of the Erie Police Department. Upon discovering the email, I directed Internal Affairs Inspector to perform an internal investigation. Our investigation confirmed that he sent the email, that he sent it from his City of Erie email account, and that within his email, he identified himself as a police officer. I immediately suspended Mr. Anunziata. Where our country was founded with the long-standing principle of freedom of speech, the City of Erie Police cannot and will not allow taxpayer money to be used to spread hatred and bigotry. Mr. Anunziata's views are not reflective of the Erie Police Department. His actions, including sending this email, warrants immediate termination. The Erie Police Department recognizes that public trust and confidence in the police is critical to performing effective policing and is achieved through fair and equitable treatment of the public. Thank you.
18: Since this is a personnel matter... The chief and I will take no questions. However, our attorney, Ed Betzer, will be available for questions. Does anyone have any for attorney Betzer? Yes. I'll go. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
15: Can you turn to come up? Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't want to start off by asking you through the investigation, were you able to ascertain whether Mr. Munziyaro was working
17: at the time that he sent this email? Uh, he was not working at the time the email was sent, but it was used. Uh, he sent it through a City of Erie account. Do you
9: expect legal pushback over this firing? What makes you
17: confident that uh, the do stood? Well, I'm not going to comment on on the grounds. Uh, we believe that it was the right action. Uh, he has a right to grieve it, and he has a right to use the legal process. Uh, to challenge the city's action today. Is
5: accurate to say that the bigger concern isn't that you made the statements, but that he made them from a
2: working
17: believe I don't know that it's fair to diminish the statements. The statements themselves are are significant and uh, to anyone reading them, troubling. Uh, the fact that it was sent from a city of Erie account is what makes it much more a city of Erie matter.
5: I guess I'm saying, it, would it be protected free speech if these haven't been in official
17: capacity? It would depend on what was said, and what manner, w- and, and how it was said. I I how much time was
2: there between the email being sent and the city taking this action?
17: Uh, I don't know. The, the, I don't have the email, so I don't know the exact amount of time. Uh, but we followed the proper process, uh, which includes um, the investigation. And also includes speaking with the individual. Does that
2: include do you guys speak to the FOP you of them? Any discussion with them on this
17: as well? Anytime we meet with a police officer uh, or any union employee uh, which could result in discipline, the FO or the union is, is apprised, the FOP was apprised of this and we had the opportunity to meet with both the FOP and the officer. Any
2: indications
17: uh, no, I mean, it's their legal right to do so, um, but they have not indicated uh, what they wish to do at this point. This just happened. Uh, that's not something that I'm privy to at this point, but certainly the city okay. will always look at any action that it's taken to make sure that it was fair and equitable. In the midst of that investigation, what are sort of those key metrics you're looking for? Are there boxes you're able to check of yes, this happened, this happened, that happened? Well, I think the first box is did he send it? The answer is yes. Uh, and then the second box was, did he use, as, as was referred to taxpayer money to send it, he used the city of Erie account. So that now makes it a city matter, and that really escalates uh, the, the concern. But I don't want to diminish the comments. The comments themselves, no matter in which form they're made, are troubling. And yeah, your notification to him
9: came, did that come immediately before this press conference
17: here? It did.
12: City
17: ever based on one email that been uh, I've been I've been here two uh, about two and a half years. I don't know the history. Uh, it hasn't happened in the past two and a half years. Uh, I'm not aware of it, but that that may be the case. However, it's been handled in the past. I guess from our perspective, I don't particularly care. I'm more worried about what's right right now.
2: How do you feel kind of send a message to the community that you guys are working to make sure there is no original comments being
17: made, that the city kind of follows uh, the mayor's initiative for the city? I, I, the, this whole process is painful and at times can be pretty darn ugly. Uh, but what I think the mayor has always promised, and in, in, in the time that I've had the chance and the pleasure to work with the mayor, it's always been open. And as we've seen recently, there have been some ugly moments. But they're all out in the open. And so I, I think that uh, as time goes on and the city continues to see the actions that the mayor takes and the administration take, there will be uh, increasing confidence, not decreasing.
9: Provided that uh, the determination is not a legal fight that eventually reverses that, now, can you explain what happens in terms of benefit, uh, pension, that sort of stuff? Does that cease immediately? Uh, I
17: don't, uh, I'm, it it does not, I mean, I, I don't know all of the history and, and uh, how long and, and what pension eligibility is with this individual, and it would be inappropriate for me to comment. Thank you.
19: Uh, you have just heard from Erie Mayor Joe Schember, the police chief, Dan Pizarni and the city solicitor Ed Betza. Uh, regarding the termination of 34-year police veteran Sergeant Jeff Annunziata, um, the, uh, the sergeant's termination or firing, uh, the mayor said, due to racist remarks in an email sent to the mayor. Um, and Chief Pizarni said, quote, he was sickened by the language of and, um, I noted that he said Mr. Annunziata a couple of times instead of Sergeant, obviously. Um, Jeff Annunziata, uh, no longer, as far as the city sees it, a member of the Erie Police Department. They said that an internal investigation revealed the email was sent from a City of Erie account, although Annunziata was not working at the time he sent the email. Uh, Ed has said that the FOP has not indicated what they'll be doing next. Um, So just to repeat, um, Sergeant Jeff Anunziata of the Erie Police Department, a 34-year veteran of the department, has been terminated by the city of Erie, by the mayor of Erie, for what the mayor termed racist remarks in an email sent to Mayor Joe Schember. We will have much more on this tonight.
3: From Influence Watch, Black Lives Matter is a movement essentially seeking to reform police conduct, especially it involves use of force against African-Americans. The movement has been criticized for appearing to tolerate violent demonstrations in its name and stoking racial tensions and for creating an unsafe environment for police. Other critics think BLM pushes a left wing extremist agenda under the false appearance of a moderate reformist movement. Uh, it goes back to started after Michael Brown in 2016, the movement Black Lives Matter umbrella organization released a political platform, because this is a number, numerous far left policy pro proposals, including socialized medicine, the immediate legalization of prostitution, pardon of all drug offenses with reparations paid to those convicted and restructuring tax policy to create a radical and sustainable redistribution of wealth to black people. BLM has been criticized for taking a see-no-evil approach to things. This is mostly spliced around the 2016 murder of five Dallas Police Department. Liberal funders such as George Soros, Robert McKay, and the Democracy Alliance donors have given millions of dollars to group associated with the movement, which is in total raked in over $133 million. The Washington Times. Black Lives Matter cashes in with $100 million from liberal foundations. The Ford Foundation and the Burrell Philanthropy recently announced the formation of the Black Lead Movement Fund, a six year pooled donation. The funding comes in addition to 33 million in grants to Black Lives Matter from top Democratic Party donor George Soros from his Open Society. Breibart, Soros affiliated anti deportation group, part of Defund Police Movement. It's Soros. It's factual. He got fired because they said it's racist now to talk about it. It's racist to say the truth that George Soros funds BLM. Why? Why is that wrong? During this period soros funded priorities usa action anti-trump ad bombarded tv 1600 minutes mostly on liberal cable networks of this video
16: donald trump said he would put america first and now he has. The United States leads the world in coronavirus cases. More than 70,000 Americans dead. Twice as many deaths as any other country. Over 30 million people have lost their jobs. And it's only getting worse. Downplaying the threat. Ignoring the experts. Refusing to prepare. Donald Trump is failing America. Priorities USA Action is responsible for the content
2: of this app.
3: So facts are racist. Yeah, that seems to be our thing. Snapchat apologizes for Juneteenth filter where users could break the bonds of slavery with a smile. I don't know who thought that was a good idea. Then we have Eskimo Pies to drop derogatory name over racial insensitivity. Because all of a sudden Eskimos are upset column Chicago Tribune Texas Rangers should give up their name which honors police force with brutal racist history oh really TV networks enlist private investigator to scour star social media for racism because now they're afraid the mob's going to go after them Sarah Parkack goes after the most absurd thing I've fucking ever heard. I'd like to see one of the most racist shows on TV, Ancient Aliens, canceled permanently. It's an entire show that exists to discredit the extraordinary artistic and architectural accomplishments of past and current people. The time has come. I could not tell if they were serious or this was sarcasm. simultaneously, AOC gets away with saying Latinos are blacks. How long's
7: the uh, blackout going for? 8
2: p.m. Okay,
7: so I have to wait till 8, basically?
2: Uh, you're welcome to like, hang out in the perimeter area. Well, the thing is,
7: I'm, I'm half Italian, half Colombian, so do I get a pass to get in there? or? Well,
0: this space is right now held for just black.
7: Folks. Oh, just black. Okay, yeah. so black you're saying
0: um if you have
11: black ancestry or if you um if you have experienced oppression because you're black then you
2: can enter this space. okay thank you
3: yeah. that didn't seem to offend anybody i don't understand why pastor dad warns that the babylon bee is a white supremacist rag that exploits Christians for clicks. Chick-fil-A now open on Sunday, but only for black people. It's a joke. Johnny Rashid defund PPD. Babylon B is a white supremacist rag that exploits Christians for clicks. It's not remotely Christian and should be condemned by all of us. Shame on you. It's sarcasm, but everybody's gotta get in the act. They went after Marky Mark. He put up the murder of George Floyd is heartbreaking. We must all work together to fix this problem. I'm praying for all of us. God bless. Yeah, no. They went after and dug up shit he did when he was a kid. And simultaneously, the person that brought us to this fucking precipice of craziness, the 1619 Project creator, she nuked her account. A, she said it would be an honor, thank you, for them to call these the 1619 riots from New York Post. She deactivated and went back and tore down all her shit because she went crazy because she wants this to be in public schools. But then she got called out for the now deleted tweet where she criticized Native Americans on the trail of tears for owning slaves. Do you know native people brought the enslaved black people they own on the trail for tears? Read this, son of Baldwin. Parting for Brooklyn, there was yet another night of extreme loud fireworks starting at eight PM, blah blah blah. It was the second week straight week of every night during the same time period, like clockwork, and she made a big deal about it. Like it's bad son of baldwin my neighbor and i believe this is part of the coordinated attack on black and brown communities by government forces an attack meant to disorient and destabilize the blm movement the goal we think is multifaceted and he goes on and on about a bunch of bullshit here's jesse stingle from an acquaintance in bk hey this is blank blank Saw your tweet about the fireworks. It is so not a conspiracy and just kids and people having, uh, nowhere to go being bored. When Blank and I were in Blank last week, there was a lot of fireworks. Also back at BK have gotten woken up several nights. They're right outside our window. They're not fancy displays. They're Roman candles and they're kids. But she ran with that. It's bullshit. But they'll run with anything. Everything is designed to go after black people now. Because they're on a roll. They're going to take it until, boom, the sheep will wake up. And that's what we need, the sheep. Because right now, there's a lot of sheep. San Jose State University of California is nixing his hand gesture because it's too close to white power. It's the OK symbol. They've been doing it for centuries. But, you know racism and shit. Jonah Platt says, yeah, hashtag BLM has said some very anti-Semitic, anti-Israel things, but that's okay. Because during this, people are flipping back. Well, what about this? And what about that? His tweet, yes, BLM has said very anti-Israel and anti-Semitic things before. Yes, we will need to deal with that at some point. No. No. That time is not now. No, you cannot use that one slice of BLM platform as an excuse to ban your moral obligation to fight racism and white supremacy. And then we go for the big ass, Sean King. And this finally got people fired up yesterday. I've been watching conservatives lay down. I saw senators tweet this sean king yes i think the statues of white european they claim as jesus should be come down They their form of white supremacy always has been in the bible when the family jesus wanted to hide and blend in guess where they went egypt not denmark tear them down yes all murals and stained glass windows of white jesus and his european mother and their white friends should all come down they are gross form of white supremacy created as tools of oppression racist propaganda they should all come down it didn't matter that people put pictures of a black Jesus, Jewish Jesus, fucking Buddha Jesus, Oriental Jesus, everybody has a picture of Jesus that they believe is theirs Andrea, New York C, New York N Y C chick, depictions of Jesus are a reflection of the country who is worshiping him. If the Jesus you see is white, you're probably living in a majority white or Western country. But other places, they reflect the people. So should statues of pitch black Jesus in Ethiopia be torn down? Jesus was brown, not black. Most of the ancient statues resemble what people look like where the artists that created them came from. Little did they know about the rest of the world. But you know. Stephen L. Miller. Sean King was the keynote speaker, introduced Bernie Sanders' in campaign launch event. Feel like this is worth reminding people from time to time. Wind and noise. Be really weird for a white man to pass himself off his darker skin i'm certain sean king is right about that because that's what he's accused of what the fuck you knew they're going after christianity it was coming it was just a matter of time and last but not least in our wokeness and then we go into this is america Hundreds of New Jersey Republicans received misprinted ballots listing only dim candidates. Remember, your humble podcaster totally believes this is just a push, this and COVID, to do mail-in ballots so they can steal the election. You've already had proof of ballot stuffing, three, just this last year in democrat states because they have the compact and they're not going to vote electoral they're going to vote popular vote 11 states which is against the constitution because they know they can't do a convention of states and get it changed this is why we're doing all this to our this is America I picked this because once again, we're real news, Mr. President. For the millionth time, we do not pick sides. There was a fake video put online that was manipulated using the two white and black kids, run a black baby and a white baby running towards each other. The SJWs actually hated that video, said it was wrong to show white kids and white people caring about black people, and that was the kerfuffle when it originally came out. But now, Trump retweeted it, because it's a joke on CNN, and that became news.
2: This is America.
10: Don't catch what's slipping no. Don't catch you slipping on. No. Look what I'm whipping on. No. This is America. Don't catch you slipping, now.
2: Don't catch you slipping, no. It's time for the last sound
10: bite. Like the media say when on. they are
2: pushing epic, liberal, and like stories. And this is America yeah. in 2019. in my area. I got this
7: I took my three-year-old daughter for a walk this morning. We both wore our masks. She didn't have a problem with it. So why do so many adults have a problem with this? But, hey, I digress. This is going to continue, unfortunately, to be a political debate. Yeah, it's supported by (laughs) science,
15: right? I really appreciate it. Dan, I'm going to start with you. Neither of you gave the president permission to use this video of your sons. How did you learn what he had done, and what was your reaction when you saw it?
12: So last night, I guess a little after 9 p.m., uh, one of our cousins, uh, Tim, messaged me. Um, and said, did you see this? And so I click on it um, and watched it through. It was something that uh, we were, I I was and my wife was, and I messaged Michael and Alex immediately, um, just very, very upset as to um, what was portrayed and who was portraying this. Mm -hmm.
15: Michael, let me ask you the same question. I mean, you must have been horrified to, to see this.
20: Yes, absolutely. Um, it was. It was just so hurtful to see this. Uh, this video made of of love and and with the hopes to inspire hope amongst everyone out there. It was, um, you know, just I could not believe what we were watching, and um, you know, our film was blowing up with everyone just reaching out for us to let us know, and so we immediately started acting on it and uh, tried to, you know, go through the steps proper steps to have it removed.
15: Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about that and also have uh, Vin, your attorney, weigh in on that. But, Dan, the, the White House Press Secretary, Kaylee McEnany, was act- actually asked about the doctored video today. She said she thought it was funny. Watch this.
11: I think the president was making a satirical point that was quite funny if you go and actually watch the video.
15: So the president, she thought it was funny. The president used a beautiful video of your children to further his political uh, uh, agenda. Did you think it was funny?
12: Not at all. No, I thought it was propaganda um, to a base that that uh, we really. I, I was really aghast immediately when I when I saw it, it was it's not funny. Um, I did see that press conference earlier, um, and I just was. Kind of, I couldn't understand how someone would share something like that. Um, to think it was funny calling—I'm not sure who who they were calling. If they were calling my son racist, or um, or what it was, but it's it made me very upset.
15: Michael, you you wanted to um, you wanted to weigh in, but I mean, did you think the same way that Dan did that they were calling his son uh, racist by the how the president was portraying a toddler?
20: absolutely that's exactly what i think um you know it was intentional and it was just disgusting to watch and for her to say that it was funny um you know that seems to be their go-to answer now for every you know idiotic thing he says is that it's a joke and this is not something that we should take lightly and it's not something that is funny and if you do then you should reevaluate yourself
15: hmm think about um Dan if I can just ask you, you know thinking about what's happening in the world right now, right, and you you have a um your son no Michael, you have, but your son is um black, sorry, so Michael, you have a black son now, and think about that he's you know he's calling uh Dan's son racist and saying your son was running away. And, and all that's going on in the world right now with racism and police brutality and everyone out on the street, do you like who would share that, and especially the leader of the free world?
20: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it's just terrible that the President of the United States is actually joking with something like this and has tweeted this out, um, you know to to bolster bolster his base. basically, this is what he's doing. And on the eve of Juneteenth, I feel like it was calculated. And I feel like it was meant to stir up something that was supposed to be on a beautiful celebrated day.
15: Do you get tired, Dan, of people making excuses? There's always an excuse. Um like uh, Kaylee McEnany. It's uh, it was funny. It was sarcasm. Oh, he didn't mean it that way. You're taking it out of context. You're trying to uh, stop free speech. Um, you're censoring us. You, on and on and on and on. You're too sensitive. You're a snowflake. There's always an excuse.
12: There, there is always an excuse um, that he he gives out. I I don't think that um, there should be any more excuses. You know he he needs to stop and and look at what he's doing, right? What is going on in the country? There are protests um, around the country, around the world um, about, you know, black lives. And he's just making fun of making fun of it. You know, my wife and I, we are a cisgendered white couple. Um, We don't know um, what that feels like, what that bias feels like. Um, But we are working hard to teach our son to be anti-racist. And for something like this to come out, um, it just makes me really sad.
15: Let me ask you: raising a black son right now, what is that? What is that like? And, and, and does this make it harder?
20: It makes it harder. Yes, it's definitely harder. Um, it, it's something that is needed, and it's something that you know I will will continue to stand up for and to fight for. Um, I will do all that I can, and, along with my husband. And the McKenna's to make sure that, well, to hopefully ensure that my son grows up in a safer, more accepting world, culture, uh, country. You know, it's it scares me to see these these murders happen from you know police officers. I mean, just numerous and numerous. But I do feel that we are on like we finally had it. You know, the president needs to be held accountable. He needs to stop making these 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 jokes. Stop making these racist comments. To to. To excite people. It's just, he's inspiring all the wrong things that need to be brought up.
3: Jesus Christ. They bring on the people. I mean, I added a bonus of Brian Seltzer talking about three-year-olds because this is what the left does. My kid says, and then somebody makes a meme. And the first meme that I think we played in the last podcast, but I can't remember, was literally Him fucking with a little toddler and they said, oh, you're ruining little kids. Then this one comes out. It was liberal news. Mediaite. CNN torpedoes Trump. Be better and stop tweeting fake videos. CNN communications. CNN did cover the story exactly as it happened. Just as we reported your position on race and poll numbers. We'll continue working with facts rather than tweeting fake videos that exploit innocent children. We invite you to do the same. Be better. We got you. The entire world. Do you remember Nick Sandman? Someone even put a picture, it's a meme. The face you make when CNN claims to care about innocent children. Because remember, CNN settled out of court. They libeled the fuck out of that kid, and it was all a lie. So maybe you should sit this out, CNN. It was clearly a joke, PolitiFact sends eyes rolling after pinning pants-on-fire label to obvious fake meme Trump tweeting to zing CNN. PolitiFact, new. Trump tweeted a doctored video that falsely suggested CNN tried to stoke racial tensions with its coverage of a video of two toddlers. But CNN accurately covered the 2019 story and showed the full video of boys hugging and playing together. Made in Michigan, Babylon B confuses your fact checker. Satire, parody, y'all might want to look up the definition of some examples. Lexington GOP. What is the point of fact checking obvious satire? I could see it if he framed it as an actual CNN clip, but it was a joke. Do you fact check The Onion and Babylon B as well? Another one. LOL. The meme wasn't about that particular video. It was the division and distortion of CNN displayed regularly like the Covington kid they had to settle with for defamation. What the fuck is wrong with them? If if Fox News did this with Obama, sweet fucking Jesus, we never hear the end of it. It would be just beyond anything. I mean, God damn. And then we have the New York Times tech writer. Criticism of Black Lives Matter is racism. I'm not going to read it. But then we get a damn break of really bad shit. Brett Favre. It's not easy for a guy this age, black or white, Hispanic, whatever, to stop something that you've always dreamed of doing and put it on hold maybe forever, something you believe in. I can only think of the right off the top of my head. Pat Tillman is another guy that did something similar. And we regard him as a hero. So I assume that hero status would be stamped on Kaepernick as well. What the fuck, Favre? I'm looking at your bobblehead. The man wore pig socks. Old Salt City. Now Nothing says you're anti-racism and judging an entire group of people by the actions of few. Just saying, amen, Favre's an idiot. He is, but he's scared. This story, Kira Davis, this is the type of shit people are feeling they have to do because they're scared. It's not because they think they're racist. It's not because they think they did anything wrong in their life. They're fucking scared. CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, you can all ignore the violence. People are seeing it. There's too many articles online of entire communities having to go defend their neighborhood because the pre palette video are video proof, this is all video proof. It is not made up conservative crap of palleted bricks in communities. Rural. Suburbs. You ignored it. We see it. All you have to do is go to fucking Twitter and you see little white girls on subway being beat. Guys beat here. Cars getting abducted. BLM pulling people out of cars and taking their cars. People getting shot. And you, the media, are saying we need to get rid of a fucking police. The police are all violent. And you have all these Democrats. Get rid of the police. On the heels of run those conservatives out. Don't let them be anywhere. That's you. So she writes this story like the woman's fucked up. And I read it and go, she's scared. Thread, a white lady approached my husband at the store the other day and stared at him until he was moved to ask if they knew each other. She said, I just wanted to say I'm sorry, and then gave a little speech about him feeling welcome in our community, and I appreciate the sentiment behind it. She doesn't know what else to do, I suppose, and he did too, but please, white people, don't do this. We never even thought twice about belonging here. It's unnerving to know now suddenly be singled out. Also, being treated like your special is very far from being treated like you're equal. Life these days is exhausting enough. We don't want to be your emotional paper towels. Don't wipe your regret and guilt all over us and walk away. It isn't our job to appease whatever unease you're feeling. But it's starting to feel like a job. She left us with a great party story. We laughed about it. Well, you do want to be special. They're requiring special treatment. Reparation. Certain areas just for them. This has been going on on college campus. I've been reporting on it for five fucking years. Segregated dorms. Easy grading. So what are people supposed to do? Then you have Brittany Cooper, a race hustler, African American. Since white people are having a whole racial reckoning, one other area you need to decolonize is the type of black people that you choose to learn and earn your diversity cookie from. What do I mean? I look at some of the black folks that liberal white folks love, and I'm going to say you, is that some of your faves get the deepest side eye from black people? Y'all be picking non-threatening black folks, the one that make you feel good and redeemable, it is these blacks that you give money, institutional positions, power, book deals, and platforms. But if those black folks ain't got a deep bench of the other black folks to vouch for them, you should be careful. If those black folks are conflicted about their blackness. if they're overly impressed with you, a white person, especially if you have clout that's paying them some attention, then both you, y'all, all of y'all are in a circle jerk of an external internalized white supremacy. Find the black people who are unimpressed by you. Read, cite, and give love to black people that other black people read. This isn't exact science. Some black folks with integrity get crossover appeal. But they are the few, not the many. Just like white conservatives love black people who affirm every terrible racist idea on the grounds that if a black person says it, then it can't be racist. White liberals have their version too. My work is always for and about black people. I work for the assumption that white people can learn from work that isn't centered on proving things to them. Just like black people do with work that aren't for ...or about us every day. But I am not here to impress white folk. And if you are in black people that are primarily known for their ability to impress white folk... ...then you missed it. I ain't knocking any black person's hustle... But we should say some of it is a hustle. LOL. Also, I'm not talking to the deaf black code switchers. That's a survival tactic. But what I'm saying to white people is that half the time y'all be picking black people that no black person who loves black people would ever pick. And if you're a black person who loved to be picked by white people, A, black people who love black people see the shit, and B, do your work. White supremacy is charming as fuck, psychopath. Fam. Hashtag get out. Hashtag, that is all. Jesse Kelly, can you please explain why you attend Emory University when John Emory came from a slave-trading family and the board of trustees used to rent black slaves for their meetings? Do you think that's okay? Sounds so wrong to me. Hashtag, cancel Emory. So before I get to the cancel Emory, this is no different than the gay mafia the black mafia and the gay mafia if you really went and researched liberals people who feel that oh man they're right we are fucked up do no research like my fucking stupid ass daughter who for my father's day says we're not friends on facebook i guess we're not your daughter and i say, hey, I just got sick of reading your I Want to Unsafe Society with bricks on your shit, like Anifa's okay, and then she sends me a fucking 20-page fucking text about how I'm on a piece of shit that I didn't read, you didn't research anything, when I got on the gay mafia shit and I started on my show, people say, oh, he's just a homophobe, no I'm not, I researched your shit. You all fucking argue amongst yourself on what you want to be called, what's right, what's wrong, cis, turf, all that shit. Go back in the catalog. Did a whole show on it. It made me realize, until you get your shit together, don't come on my doorstep and tell me I'm all fucked up because I don't play your goddamn, or drink your Kool-Aid. And with African Americans, listen, I ain't a dumbass little white boy from fucking Tennessee that don't know nothing. 20 years in the army, you people are racist as fuck. You know, like light-skinned Obama really wasn't a black president because he had white blood in you. This lady here I only worked for black folk. The real people running BLM, the real people running this are racist fucking pieces of shit. They read stories about the KKK and white supremacy and all the evil shit we did, when I mean, we did it. And then we made rectification for it. And we fixed it. We got rid of it. We wrote laws. And they go, fuck it. That ain't good enough. I'm going to be just like those crackers. I'm going to crack on a white person. I'm going to beat white people just because they're white. I'm going to treat white people like shit. And if you're a white person, you know that person. Here's an example I'm at Rural King. Dudes in the line. We're all social distancing. He's a big, tall, dreadlock-looking banger. Looks me right in the face, crowds me, throws his shit on the fucking counter. I'm not even done checking out. And looks, say something. So I said it with my eyes. And he backed up. But it was a bait. He wanted me to say something so he could say, White dude's fucking racist and they're doing it everywhere. The media don't want to look at it, but it's on Twitter. It's fucking all over Twitter. They hate white people. They hate light-skinned blacks. They're no different than the gay mafia. You're hateful people that have realized the only way you could be anything in life is to a- Put out a fucking black supremacist, gay supremacist, hate all cis white people, and come up with bullshit. They're no different than that white fragility lady. That's your hustle. Your hustle is to make money off a of fucking goddamn industry that has been ruling our country since George Floyd. Their only premise is to overthrow the country, make it a socialist bullshit intersectionality soup sandwich, and get theirs. The white lady, she made a fucking job out of coming up with bullshit, like white fragility. I mean, let's be honest. This all started to get out of control when we had the fucking um, triggers and black people come in a room with a bunch of white people that shouldn't have to happen because I'm triggered and I am feeling racist oppression because I have to sit next to white people that started years ago that you didn't have to say anything you could be totally nice to people just being white was racist. That's what they pitched. Now you see it on your street. And I will tell you, most of these people are going to get away with beating people. Most of these people are going to get away with looting and robbing and stabbing and killing. Cause the next play will be, well, we can't put them in jail cause of COVID. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ research go to page 2 or 3 on Google black people are not shot more by cops white people are black people do not have a fucking genocide at the hands of the state they have a genocide at the hands of their fucking fellow black people one of the videos played this morning was a lady who literally said hey it ain't the cops killing our people it's black people and this weekend they killed my kid But the media won't do it. And they'll say you're racist if you say it. If you point it out, you're a racist piece of shit. Because that's how they control the conversation. I said it forever on this show. When everything is racist, nothing's racist. You've used the word under Obama. The moment he ran for president in 2007, you took the word and you flushed it. It is useless. Only stupid white people who are stuck in the fear cycle because they live in a city where everything's burning the fuck down and they don't want to be part of that goddamn mob will come up and say, I'm so sorry. The worst part about this is you're creating, you are creating racist. People are digging their heels and they're starting to say enough But the problem is, when that happens, when a black person finally gets stepped on by a white person, it's going to be done just like the Louisville case. It isn't going to be a black guy came up and said, give me my fu- your fucking shit, and the white person defended it. It's going to be person kills black person just walking down the street singing kumbaya fucking ah. Because our media is garbage, and that's why we're here. You keep putting out these false stories. You keep on putting out half truths. You keep on not showing the video of what happened with Floyd before, not showing the video of what Brooks did after. You don't show those videos because you want this. You got your security. You're safe. Can't hurt me in my penthouse. And then do the second part cancel Emery. Little fucking conservatives think it's really cute to join the cancel culture and say, well, Yale, Harvard, everybody's got racism. We should change those names, blah, 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 blah. Hey, I've been saying on the show we need to cancel back to TV shows and brands and dumb shit like Chick-fil-A. What he said and L'Oreal, we need to bow down to black people. Fuck them. Don't buy shit. But if we get in the cancel culture, stupid over stupid shit, and I say we—not that I'm a conservative, but I'm a conservative independent—we're no better than these dick faces. My one of my favorite shows is Yellowstone. This is how MRC handled it. Yellowstone premiere: tiny group of men buying, raping the world. That was one speech from season one. The the son of fucking D- uh, Dutton. Is an Indian lady and she teaches liberal shit. It wasn't overt. There wasn't a bunch of gay shit. Nobody's butt fucking. They're not going on every week talking about the oppression and the fucking misogyny and genocide. They don't talk about it. It's just the character. It's not the premise of the show. Premise of the show is Wyoming soprano, man. It's fucking awesome. But if we become them, what the fuck? What the fuck? Where does it end? I'm all down with pushback on brands, artists. I don't know if I'm going to watch the NFL. First time in my life, I really don't know if I'm going to watch. I boycotted for a while. was the last season the season before with all the fucking kneeling bullshit. So I wouldn't watch games until it stopped being aired. But we can't go stupid. You lose your intent intellectual honesty when you start being the woke. For dumb shit, what we should be doing is living in a society where people do make mistakes. Overt racism, KKK, Tiki torches, That's bad. But saying BLM's a terrorist organization financed by fucking George Soros isn't racist. It's fucking facts. That their platform is the overthrow of the current government we have is facts. That governments and the mayor of Washington DC and all these dignitaries who celebrities run around handing money to these motherfuckers are financing terrorism. They're no better than a motherfucker handing money to ISIS. Because right now, you're not seeing Antifa with their bricks anymore. You're seeing BLM beat white people, steal shit, shoot people in broad daylight, and say blacks only. And the media, by not reporting it, is saying, good to go. We should have black-only areas. If that's the case, this will be the second time liberals come up with Jim Crow laws. Except this time, there'll be white-only counters and white-only bathrooms in certain areas. And we'll call that progress. But it harkens back to when we had real racism in America. Which we don't have have now read a fucking book this wraps up another episode of flyover politic podcast please share with your family friends and comments to f-o-p-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com fop podcast gmail.com you get the show on soundcloud Podcast static tune radio google play itunes blueberry stitcher Podcast, downcast remember check out the twitter page at fop tony read next podcast Is going to be Sunday, 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 28th, June, year of our Lord, 2020. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yeahs. And tune back in Sunday for another show. Stay safe out there, folks. Thanks for
20: listening. Thank you for listening to Flyover Politic Podcast. Please check out our Facebook page at Podcast and Twitter account at
6: FomptTonyReed Remember it's a short ride makes everyday count I am the sun
10: and the air
2: of a shyness that is criminal in Baltimore I am the sun and air of nothing in particular